What up? Welcome back to Side Stage. This is your boy, Chris. And your boy, Anthony. That was weird. That was weird how I said that. Yeah. So, um, Anthony's back for the second week in a row. And yeah. if you uh, listen to this, you notice we didn't post a podcast last weekend. We recorded an entire podcast, even had a uh, stellar guest, which had a really good interview, and something happened to the audio, and it is gone. We lost a good one, boys. We also we had another guest in studio that day too. We did, but he, he wanted a joke. And <laughs> we weren't in the joking mood. No, uh, unfortunately, we really did lose the audio, and so we're gonna get our guest back on eventually and uh, ask him the same exact questions we asked him before because they were. It was definitely my best interview yet. We'll figure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your only one, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, but I kind of, I kind of interview everybody else that comes on here their first time. But that but, was a, my first legit like, like interview like with an musician. artist producer. Yeah. yeah, like. But yeah, shout out to Vacation Man. That was a great interview. Sorry, uh, we didn't get to you know record it and post it, but it was uh, super solid in my opinion. It was it needed to be a lot longer. We cut it short uh, because our other guests wanted to tell jokes. No jokes on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We don't play games here at Side Stage. We are serious. I mean, we play a couple games. Yeah, you're right. Uh, In other news, um, I have signed an exclusive deal with Spotify and am moving only to Spotify under the Joe Rogan Experience podcast name. I thought Um, you were being serious for a minute. (laughs) I was like, oh, so you're moving it to Spotify. I need to get it on Spotify, actually. I'm only on Apple right now. I need to changed my hosting platform and get it everywhere uh, yeah apple's fine for now though oh i mean it's working good for what it is but mm-hmm. dude what about dude a hundred million dollars they paid him to bring his podcast specifically to spotify oh joe rogan yeah oh that's that was the thing I that's didn't know, a, I, yeah oh, it happened this week i yeah. didn't know that he's taken off because uh, he's had a problem with youtube for a long time because you know his podcast do they talk about anything and everything and they'll bring videos up and stuff and YouTube will take them down for saying just saying certain words. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, signed a deal with Spotify. Spotify's even starting a video service for his podcast. Because, you know, he does everything live on YouTube as well. $100 million. For? I don't, I don't know the length of time. Mm. That's a damn... That's straight. Quor- that's a quarterback. That's FU money right really. there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... Um, I think that um, YouTube's move, though, doing all that was because it was a couple of years ago they got in hot water about that. Um, I think it was, was it Jake Paul or Logan Paul? Oh, when he put that video of that dead person on it? Yeah, hanging in that forest. And, like, they they didn't take it down. And everybody was like, dude, what? Like, why? Like, this needs to be taken down. This is super offensive and disrespectful. Well, that's um, something I can understand taking down. I don't want to see a dead body on you. Like, that guy was an idiot. But, well, that's what I'm saying is they're harder and stricter on the rules now, probably because yeah. of some, because of that happening. They're worried about you know getting sued or whatever now, or being in hot water once again. But I mean, when you're a big company like that in the spotlight, you're literally always in some kind of hot water. Yeah, but yeah, because I mean, I remember here is actually on Joe Rogan one time. They were 
looked up the number of like YouTube hours that are uploaded every day. And there's so many, so many, everybody uses YouTube. So yeah. there's no one, not everybody's going to agree on everything. Yeah. But they said there's more YouTube hours uploaded of video than there are of hours that have been in the entire universe ever. Could believe it. Yeah. Well, you, there, you know, there's um, like video game streamers that use YouTube as their platform strictly versus like Twitch mm-hmm. or Mix or whatever. And they, I mean, they're getting paid to live stream on YouTube, which I think that. I don't know, man. There needs to be just be like one platform where you can like do all the video creator stuff, but well, see, content creation is becoming such a big thing, you know, and I I like the competition, but I I don't the Joe Rogan move I don't like because I think Spotify is getting too big for their own sake, you know, but I don't like it necessarily exclusivity like this guy like you can only get my stuff on Twitch. Or whatever Ninja just did. Mixer. Yeah. You know, he went... Of course, he just... He's the biggest name in video games. So people are going to... That's why they did it. They're going to follow him to that. And that's how they're going to get their people, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's money talks because he signed a huge deal to do that. But if he would have stayed on Twitch, just the viewership that he lost and... I mean, because Twitch gives the streamer a cut of money from each subscriber. I still think even he, on top of what the their the subscribers pay. Yeah, I think he would make more money, but I mean, well, they, they ma- maybe he, not. He did get a huge. He's done some but, mega deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. But he don't he, care about the five dollars. Somebody's giving him in a chat. He, he also lost viewership though. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Because a lot of nobody making the switch to Mixer. Like I, I have a friend that's a huge gamer, and I just told him about it for the first time the other day. He didn't even know that it existed. Really, and it's made by Microsoft, so it's not a small platform. Yeah, Mixer is owned by Microsoft, so like that's just insane. But there's another big name on there now, Shroud. He's one of the biggest gamers in the world too, and he signed a deal with him less than a year ago. But yeah, content creation is on the rise, and I know you, you can't have a monopoly, and there should be other companies, but. It's just kind of annoying for a consumer to be like, oh, if I really want to like follow these people, I have to use two or three different apps. Yeah. And I want to listen to Joe Rogan, so I have to download Spotify. And I don't I like use... Spotify, and I love Joe Rogan. So, and I, I mean, I'm a pretty against Spotify. For what reason, bud? Because Spotify is doing everything they can do to screw the musician and the songwriter. They're the lowest paying outfit of any streaming service. They are actively trying to get legislation overturned that was for a pay raise, essentially, for musicians and songwriters. They're trying to get that overturned so they don't have to pay as much as they already do. But yet they got $100 million to hand to a guy that does a podcast. Mm, I didn't know all that. But as a platform, the way that it works, I enjoy it. I've used it for years. I actually don't. If I didn't have an iPhone, I think I would like it better. But the Apple Music interface on my iPhone is just so clean, and I just I just like the way it works. And I'm an album guy. I don't listen to random playlists and songs. I put on one album and I listen to it all the way through. Well, you can do that on Spotify. Yeah, but it's just to me, it's I, I just like Apple Music. Well, one of the reasons, and why I'm definitely on the minority of people. Most people listen. I mean, everybody listens to Spotify. One of the reasons why I like it is that when I was first introduced to it, I got three months of it for a dollar. Can't beat that because Apple Music is $10 a month. And now that I'm a student, 
I bundled that and Hulu together for five dollars a month, dude. You can't beat that. Well, no, I mean I get that. So it's monetary for me, but I've used it so much that I like it a lot. And they did a lot of stuff before Apple Music did it. Apple changed to kind of match what Spotify was doing. Like oh, your, yeah. your offline playlist. You don't have service, whatever. You don't want to use your data, download stuff. I have almost 2,000 songs offline that I can always listen to when I go camping or what have you, which is great. But I know Apple Music has that ability now too, but it's not always been like that. But iTunes has been around a lot longer than... Spotify, that's what they built Apple Music off of, and shout out to iTunes, because it was always great. Yeah, I mean, and everything, it's all about preference, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? but, but, yeah, back to the, the podcast thing, that I honestly did not know that. I think that's a better move for Joe, though. I mean, obviously. I mean, no, I'm not. He's getting paid. I'm definitely he's not. On a bigger platform. I, I think, well, maybe YouTube's probably still bigger, but. Well, I'm definitely not. Um, Downing him, I'd if I was in that position, I would do that exact same thing. Yeah, it's like, like if, what what horse are you on that you're going to turn down a hundred million dollars? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's just like saying that you work for a really awesome boss, but then you're offered like thirty thousand dollars more a year to work for a shitty boss. You'd take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, like even though it's a crappy boss, you're making way more money to provide for your family or whatever. And you know, a I mean, hundred million. I mean, the guy was already rich. Exactly. But like a hundred million dollars, he doesn't have to do anything ever again. Yeah, it's Joe Rogan. Like he's just loaded, bro. Yeah. Nah, but I mean, like I said, it is what it is. Uh, But I don't really care for Spotify in itself. But it's one of those those platforms. If you make music, so many people use it, you kind of have to. Yeah. You know, if you want more people to get to your stuff. Because that's the first question I always see. Is it on Spotify? Like, ugh. Well, just like, just like there's exclusive albums and stuff. Yeah. Some people put their exclusive live stuff. Yeah, Luke Combs put out three, um, two or three collab songs specifically on Spotify, and he did an Ed Sheeran cover of that song, Dive, and it's awesome, but you can only get it on Spotify, you know? But they're not the first to do that. That that app title yeah. is more, more suited to uh, R&B and hip-hop. Isn't People? that owned by Jay-Z? Jay-Z. Um, they do a lot of exclusives. Like, I think, not Drake's last album, but the one before, was exclusive to Tidal for the first, like, 48 hours, maybe? So, they've been doing exclusives as well, and there's some things that are only on Apple Music. Really? There's a couple of Alexis on Fire uh, songs that I saw that were only on Apple Music. It was, like, studio session type stuff. That's not on Spotify. So, I mean, all of them had their exclusives because... That's the stuff that makes people want to subscribe. Just like Netflix has its own exclusives. Um, Amazon has its own exclusives. Like yeah. as far as the shows, stuff is content that makes people, or it's just something to say, hey, we have this where the competitor does not. Dude, when it comes to exclusives, though, Netflix has got it figured out. They used to, but I feel like they're lacking that department lately. Well, I don't really watch as much Netflix now as I used to, but. Dude, like their TV shows, like Ozark, yeah. stuff like that, are stellar. Man. Yeah, they have good stuff, but like, for me nowadays, when people say like they binge watch Netflix, I cringe because they're like my third choice. Like, I would put Hulu at the top. Hulu has everything, 
and then Amazon, uh, whatever you want to call that, video, instant video, whatever. Yeah, Prime Video or Prime Video. Yeah. I put that second. I put Netflix at the bottom because they're slipping. They lost the rights to uh, the Marvel stuff. That's all going to Disney+. Plus. You're losing all that. Well, see, that was the thing is they had a like an exclusive stuff for Disney stuff, but then Disney kind of screwed them when they started their own streaming service. They took a lot of stuff away. Well, Disney didn't screw them because that's still Disney stuff. No, in well, a way, what you know? I'm saying but is like they had so much in that basket yeah, that it just kind of pulled the rug out from under them. You it's know? just Disney wised up and said, hey, we could do a streaming like a service and people money. would pay for it. And it shows that they have because yeah. you put Star Wars, Marvel, and all the Disney originals on there. I mean, I, I Disney Plus is not really in my top because I don't really watch a lot of that stuff. It's not my thing, but my wife loves Disney movies. And, yeah. dude, I mean, she loves it. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, I love Marvel, but I've seen everything now. Yeah. Now, I will subscribe back to it again whenever I want to watch those Marvel movies or when I'm going to finish the Star Wars saga. But, yeah, go ahead and hate on me, guys. I've only seen two Star Wars movies ever. So many people hate on seen... me for that. Four or five, dude. I, I, somebody at work told me that I lost my man card because I've never seen all Star Wars. I was like, mm, I'm sorry. Calm well, down, buddy. I am still a man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy. Like, calm down. I've watched WWE wrestling, buddy. I'm a man. <laughs> I love Stone Cold Steve Austin, buddy. I'm more of a man than yeah. you'll ever be. <laughs> I drink Nick Ultra, buddy. I'm a man. <laughs> but no, seriously, somebody told me that. I was like, come on now, dude. Man card. I was like. To each his own. I'm sure Star Wars is a great franchise. There's probably a lot of people that are plotting to kill me right now, but man card, dude. Here's the thing. Step is up like, your game and come up with a better insult. Star Wars is, dude, like, I just don't. That's not my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like the first movie they came out with in the last latest three. I watched it. I don't know anything of the backstory, really. And it was a good movie, but, like, was I like pumped about it? No, because it's just sci-fi and stuff like that. That's not, yeah, not my my gig. You know what I mean? Well, so, well, one of the worst things is like, and then I I tell people at work like I ask them I'm like, hey, I watched you know episode one last night, and I'm gonna watch it. No, you don't watch in that order. Watch the order it came out. I'm like, why? It's literally labeled episode one, two, and three. And I mean, some Star Wars fans can correct me on this, but. I'm just like, I don't get why I shouldn't watch it in that order. Yeah. I mean... Because, like, all the... Mar- have you seen all the Marvel movies, like, in the MCU universe? No, man. I, I... I can't remember the last one that I saw. You used to have a terrible imagination, man. <laughs> well, that, I mean, I like those movies, too, but I just don't watch movies. Yeah, like, no, I, I don't really want either. I'll be honest. But some people get... I mean... in people, Some people are into... Movies like that, like I am into like new music releases. Yeah, you no, know what I'm saying. Yeah, no. Best Buy sells still books of the Blu-rays that people collect. Like, yeah, they only make a limited number of them. People will buy them and collect them, and that's cool. But to me, that seems useless. You're gonna watch a movie once or twice and be done with it, and then you're gonna show your kids or one of your family members. I say to that too. I say that too. But man, I have a collection of vinyl records. I don't even own a record player. That's different. You're into music. But I mean, what I'm saying is, I mean, but they're yeah, in yeah, the yeah, movies yeah, though, yeah. so it's it's kind of along the same lines. But 
But I, I just feel like I couldn't watch a movie so many times to be able to collect it. The, an, okay, al- yeah. an album is different. Like, you can spin that and listen to it. Yeah. And you might even hear something different the like fourth or fifth time you listen to it. But. The Marvel stuff I kind of relate with more. Because, don't get me wrong, when that stuff first started coming out, it was mind-blowing. Like, the first Iron Man movie. Dude, it was, was awesome. Like, it was like nothing anyone's ever seen before. So good, dude. And But then, like, the big, there became... Those movies, good Marvel movies, would come out ever two to three years at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, now they've started the MCU, so they got all these branch-offs. There's too many for me to keep up with. There is a ton of those movies now. There are, but it, it's really not that confusing. I, I sat down and did it because I've seen... No, not to keep up with the storylines, to keep up with watching all of them. Yeah, but honestly, I did it within like a week or so. Really? So I've seen four or five of them throughout since they've came out up until like the last the last Avengers movie. Um and I'd I'd seen some of them and I was like, dude, you know those are good, but I haven't seen some of these and everybody's like, "What? Dude, you need to watch these." So, I sat down one day and planned it out. I I found all these on my Apple TV and was able to watch I remember when you did that. You were telling me about that. And even the order that I watched those in, I got belittled on cuz it was like you should have watched this one and that one. So the story makes sense. I'm like, the story made sense because I watched them in order. They came out. I looked it up on the internet on how to watch it. And people still roasted me. But it's not. But the thing is, it's not that hard to follow. We're not idiots. You can pick back up and kind of yeah. use context clues to find out what's happening. You can, but like the writers of those movies, at the end of every movie, they left you something that you would be like, oh, yeah. Or it would lead to the next yeah, movie yeah. Or, or bridge it. And if you missed that last scene, some things you would be like, wait, what happened? What did I miss? Like, or, or they would tease the new character that comes out in the next, like, you know. But those Marvel movies are excellent, man. I do enjoy how excited people get for them, though. Like, I saw Endgame in theaters, dude, and it was honestly awesome. Yeah. Paid $13 to watch that at that <laughs> Dolby Theater, which $13. was... $13. Which was badass, though, but still, dude. Yeah. But it was cool, man. And, like, I went with, like, all my buddies from work, and they were all excited about it. So, it was, like, it's just a good feeling when everybody's, like, like, it, it's, like, if you went to see a band that everybody that you knew loved, like, all your friends, family. Ghost inside in July, July 12th <laughs> or 11th. Your, a lot of your family doesn't love them. Yeah, that's true. But, like. My brother does. I'm just saying, if you went to a concert that maybe you exactly didn't like that much, but everybody else that you knew was into it, you would have a good time because you would just see how excited these people are for that certain act. And I don't know, it was just cool because you go to the, the movies with all your friends and I dude, I haven't been to the movies in years and it was just a really cool thing to witness because it was like the last one in the saga of, of like the Avengers. So. Yeah, I mean, that that is cool. Like, uh, speaking of that and Boston, like we're going, uh, last year, Boston we, hardcore. <laughs> last year we went to Boston to see um, Have Heart and it was me, Rob, Bo, and his buddy Austin. And, uh, Rob does not listen to hardcore music at all. He listens to, like, EDM and stuff. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> so uh, the, the night we got to Boston, I, we were kind of like, let's go to these, let's go find some bars and go out drinking and stuff. And Rob's like, yo, there's this artist I like playing at this place. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to see some freaking EDM artists. Dude, I had an awesome time. Bo kind of vibes to that stuff a little bit, too. 
Uh, we were there just drinking beers, having fun, man. And the guy really was extremely talented. But like what you're saying is everyone's there for a common goal, just having a good time, you know. But I don't know. Like I, I should probably go back and watch those movies. But now I just it's kind of overwhelming because there's so many I haven't seen. Has your wife seen them? No. Dude, date night, I did. You should honestly get Disney Plus. She has it. Okay. So I'm telling you, she loves it. So one night when you guys have free time, say, hey, let's, you know, let's start watching those Marvel movies. You know, I hear they're really good. You guys would honestly probably enjoy them. The great stories behind them. Guardians of the Galaxy, probably some of the best ones. I watched. Because it's got. um The first one, and it was really funny. Yeah, Chris Pratt, dude. Yeah. Those movies are great. The first one was really good. And he's in the. No, I watched the second one with the dude with the hand. Yeah. Um, uh, his dad um, was. Who's that actor? Jeff Bridges? Yeah. Yep. But those are great. Iron Man's are good except for the third one. The Thor movies. Yeah, I didn't like the third Iron Man. Nobody did. The, <laughs> the Thor movies blew my mind because I didn't think they'd be great. They're awesome. Is that the Ragnarok and all that? Yep. Chris yeah. Hemsworth is awesome. And. Uh, Loki, the guy that plays Loki, is awesome. Yeah, Tom he is Hiddleston. cool. See, I've seen him in a couple of the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is, like, I didn't know anything about the storylines, but I did like him. And uh, Josh Brolin? Yeah. Who plays uh, Thanos. Yeah. Awesome. And he is great in Deadpool, if you haven't yep. seen the second one. Deadpool's amazing. Deadpool is the one of the best things that happened to Marvel. And I Ryan thought that was DC. Nope, Deadpool's Marvel. It's just a different universe, because it's like the X-Men universe. Oh yeah, X Men is Marvel. I think. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. People might roast me on that, but he's in like the X Men side of things because, well, the house he goes to is like the X Men house. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's making jokes about uh, Professor Wait, X about the wheelchair. Isn't there some X Men in the End Game? They're mm. young kids. Mm, no, I think there is. I could be wrong, but I remember reading something about that. They tease like X Men in one of those Marvel movies. It's like three young kids or two younger kids that are mutants. Maybe, but there there eventually might be a crossover, but we don't really know. Yeah. But um, that's probably one hundred percent wrong. Don't hate me for that. Yeah. But but dude, casting on those movies is also ridiculous. Like there are so many good actors. I like the guy that plays um Hawkeye. Jeremy, Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. Yep. I was just about to say that. Jeremy like Renner, him. uh Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow's great. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., dude. No one could have played Iron Man exactly. better than him. There's not a person on this planet that could have played the way he was just just arrogant, but really nice. Like it was just a weird yeah. dynamic well, his well, character. And that's how Tony Stark was. He's a yeah, he's a billionaire playboy. Like, yeah, like that's pretty much who Robert Downey Jr. was for a while. Yeah, and his career spiraled. But dude, like cocaine. They couldn't. They couldn't have casted that better. And then Chris Evans is Captain America. Captain America. That's the most vanilla-looking, good-looking white dude yeah. you could have picked for that role. Then you got Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Um, dude, Black Panther is an awesome movie, man. You got to see that one, dude. Black Panther's so good. Michael B. Jordan's the bad guy in that, dude. It's so, so well put together. And uh, Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, uh, I did. That was the last Marvel movie I've seen. Dude, that one is so underrated. The one with Thanos. No, not the Doctor Strange. Oh, the, the one where Avengers in, with in game or Infinity War. Infinity War is the last yeah. one I've seen. Okay, great movie. But I'm going to be honest. I think I may have skipped one before that. 
Well, you need to go back and watch them in order because you'll miss stuff. And Guardians of the Galaxy is great. Bradley Cooper is the voice of the raccoon. Yes, I know that. And then there's Who, Groot. Uh, Dave Batista yeah. is uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, dude. He's so good. Who is the... Um, Ant-Man? Paul Rudd. <laughs> I loved that movie. Dude, Paul Rudd. That was... Awesome. I like the Hispanic guy at the end of the, end of the movie. Oh, I had the lowest hopes for that movie, and it was blew so me out of the good. Water. It blew my expectations. Yeah. I was like, this looks terrible. I loved all the memes about Endgame. Like, Ant-Man's going to swim up into Thanos' butthole. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Ant-Man was great. Paul Rudd is... Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. No, uh, what is the character in Marvel? I think Tony Stark created him. Uh, he, like, knows everything. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like the AI that he made. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm drawing a blank right now. For some reason, I should know this, but. Because then there was Age of Ultron. Have you seen that one, Avengers? I think that's when I skipped. Where Ultron, the voice of that's James Spader, dude. Yeah, that's the one I skipped. That's a good one. That's the one before. Some people don't like it, but it's a good one. That's the one before the one I was just talking about, right? Yeah, that's the one where Cap uh, picks up Thor's hammer like a little bit. Yeah, I didn't and see that. And that. that basically is an Easter egg for like Infinity War Endgame where basically Cap wields the hammer. Nobody else can because they're not gods. So, a little spoiler alert there, sorry. <laughs> but, uh... Speaking are, of movies... Those are great movies, man. Dude, the best movie I've seen in years is Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> I'm serious. Have you heard of that? <laughs> no, and it, it sounds terrible. No, dude, it's amazing. So, what it, people in this don't know, my wife works with adults with special needs, so there's a very soft spot in my household for individuals with special needs. Well, Peanut Butter Falcon is a movie with Shia LaBeouf, and um, he's like a running away from some people, and he meets this uh, guy with Down syndrome. And the movies, and the guy with Down syndrome ran away from this group home he was in, and they're uh, it's the story of their adventures together. And Peanut and the guy, the Down syndrome guy, loves wrestling, and um, he uh, that was his wrestling name was Peanut Butter Falcon. It's it's a drama, dude. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Shia LaBeouf is wicked, first off, but that movie was so good. You need to watch it if you haven't. It'll tug at your heartstrings a little bit. Gotcha. I, I don't like movies like that, man, because I don't like... Uh, you, like you don't like to feel something? No, not about movies, because that makes me feel like I'm a wuss. You are. In all honesty. Yeah, I know I am. <laughs> But yeah, when you first said that, I thought you were joking. I'd no, I'm never, serious. Never heard of that? It, it was so good, man. It really was such a good movie. But I guess that makes sense. And Shia LaBeouf is—he's a little out there, so I could see him being pretty good at that. But well, he doesn't have Down syndrome. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> he went a little crazy for a while, though. He did. But yeah, man, I—the Marvel movie was like the last one I've seen in theaters, and it was the first one I've seen in theaters, and like. Probably five or six years. The last movie I saw in theaters before that was the first Purge movie. So he like tells you how old it was. And I went with this girl and it was weird. Not a bad movie though. But they, they ran that series in the ground. It could have been good, but they ruined it and went all political and you know, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that movie was political. No, the Purge, the first one was and it was more like 
what would you do if you had 24 hours with no crime? Like, oh, well, no, I see what you're saying. The rest of the movies turned into, yeah. like, legit, like... Like, they, the last one literally was called, like, election year. And it was basically, yeah. like, being like, you know, when Trump got elected. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which, you know, say whatever you want. Don't care about your views, whatever. The second but. purge... No. Yeah, the second one was about that one, just that one guy, right? I think so. Yeah, that one was awesome. The first one... The premise... The first one was about the family. Yeah. The premise of the first one was so good, but it didn't live up to what it should have been. Yes, because it focused on the family. Like, yeah. this is a movie about crime being legal for 24 hours, and what you focus on one family... In one house. That is so stupid. Yeah. Out of all the people in the world, like, of course, it had a couple of cut scenes to where there's, like, you know, people in the street getting, like, murdered or yeah. whatever, but... Like, but the second one, in my opinion... Where that guy was out and about, and then you find out why he's out there, and everything, it, it expanded more on the premise of the purge, and it was so good. Yeah, it was honestly, it was clearly the best of the three, but it made the first one look dude, like. Dude, crap. there might even be four, dude. I stopped keeping up with them because they yeah. they just got bad, and the first one literally let me down so bad. I was like, dude, this has high hopes, but. It let me down. That was, that was my thing. When I, I, I seen the first one in theaters, and that, when I walked out, I was like, you could have done so much more with that. It like, left you feeling so empty about that movie. Yeah, it by was the way, just like... I have a movie idea. I'll tell you after this. I'm back to start actually writing it. Dude, sit on the podcast now. I can't, dude. People steal it. The six okay. people that listen to this. Okay, you copyright it first, and then we'll talk about it. It's a it's big solid. brain play. Uh, but like, yeah, man, the Purge movies were... They could have been so much more than they were. Yeah, exactly. Just like a lot of things, I guess. But that's one thing you can't say about Marvel movies, man. They go all out with those <laughs> movies. I will say that. They live up to their expectation. Some people may not like the things that they do in them, but they don't let you down, I would say. That's what's crazy to me, man, is those movies have such a um, big following. Yeah. But after every single one of those movies, it's split 50-50. Oh, that one sucked. Oh, that one was amazing. But then a year later, when the next one comes out, they're right back together. Oh, we're so pumped up. Well, you hated the last one, and you did nothing but talk crap about it. Yeah, but this one will be different. Yeah. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, There's people like that. Like, there, There's people that think that uh, like Thor Ragnarok was the worst one, and there's some people that I know that say that it's their favorite one. So Yeah. There's mixed feelings, but to kind of transition into a little bit of music talk and some stuff we we're going to talk about, what, what's a what's a movie that you'd say has a good soundtrack, man? Because a lot of the times when you hear a song in a movie, oh, and, then you, and then you hear it again, it makes you think of that movie, and you're like, dude, like I remember this song. Not a movie, TV show. Uh, well, that too, yeah. Like, because music plays a big part in cinema, of course. The the ranch had a really good. Soundtrack. I haven't watched that, but a lot of people say yeah, it's good. It with Danny Masterson and Ashton Kutcher. It's it's really funny. I'm sinking down in this chair. But um, no, there's a TV TV show called Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about it, there's a band, a country band called Whiskey Myers, and they actually have that band on the show, playing in a bar, which is really cool. But they have a lot of their songs and a lot of really good country. And there's an actor on that show that is a country singer. He's like pretty. He's like kind of underground. But they have a that that show has a really cool soundtrack. But you kind of gotta like. 
I guess you call it outlaw country, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But uh, that show had a really good soundtrack. I really enjoyed that. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm trying to think. There was a movie one time that I saw. I thought this is the this has the best soundtrack of any movie I've ever heard. But you can't think of it. Batman Begins. Wait, which one's Batman Begins? That's the one with the Christian Bell in it. That's the first Christian Bell one. No, none of those. It's the one with Michael Keaton. Mm. Had that Kiss from a Rose by Seal on it. Oh, I think I do remember that, actually. That was a good one. <laughs> um, Black Panther had a good soundtrack. Yeah. If, if you didn't know that, that was a pretty popular one. Dude, okay, so I'm having like a little bit of a Mandela effect, though. So the John Mayer song, uh, Dreaming with a Broken Heart, mm-hmm. I swear I've heard that in so many movies and so many television shows. But I researched it, and apparently it was only on a comedy drama series called The Game that was on CW and BET. Never watched that. And then it was on So You Think You Can Dance, and I have not watched that either. But I swear I have heard that song in something else, but apparently not. I've heard the the Avett Brothers on a few television shows. Yeah. Uh, dude, House has a really good soundtrack. Uh, yes, it does. I used to watch that a little bit. And a lot of songs on there. And Scrubs, man. Scrubs, that's a 90s uh, music soundtrack yeah. dream right now. And into the 2000s, because the fray yeah. was on there, How to Save a Life. And every time I hear that song, I think of that episode of Scrubs, because it was a very emotional one where they lose like three patients. And um, if everybody knows the uh, one of the main, like I guess, antagonists, maybe a protagonist, uh, Dr. Cox on there, like, he's usually always, like, a macho, like, you know, making fun of everybody. This is one of those episodes where he, like, just broke down because they lost, like, three or four patients in yeah. one day. And that song was playing in the background. And that, when I hear that song, I always think of that episode of Scrubs now. Like, it does not fail. That was such a good and, show. And that's a great song, too, dude. Yeah. I love The Fray. The Fray's like, awesome. That's such a good song. But I swear I've heard that John Mayer song Are before. Are they still but, a band? Um, I would say so. I mean, I could definitely look it up, but... I would say so, man. They have some really good songs. They have some hits. Here's a little trivia for you. Speaking of movies, the lead singer, Good Charlotte. Did you know he's married to Cameron Diaz? Yeah, I knew that. What? Actually, didn't know. Keaton told me that on here. Are you freaking kidding me? I think I was on this that episode when you said that, where I was listening to it. Probably listened to it because it was just me and him. Oh, so you're saying you don't want me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the Fray is still a band, by the way. Are they? Mm-hmm. I'm about to listen to some of their newer stuff. I I mean, they had that real, like, meteoric rise, and then my music taste changed quickly after that, so. Well, outside of the hits that they had, they fit for that time period, but now they make they make music kind of like, um, I don't want to say boring, but, like, it's stuff like U2 and stuff like that where you got to be in a certain yeah. mood or you got to be a certain or person like that kind of music, but. Like, there's so many things that, like, I will catch myself listening to sometimes that I usually, I probably wouldn't tell people. I probably <laughs> would listen to it, like, at a party, of course. Yeah. But, and, like, sometimes the fray can be one of those things, like, I don't know. I do that a lot. There's a lot of, like, guilty pleasure music that I listen to that I'm not telling anybody about. Tell, but, me, tell me one right now. Um, Old school R&B, Brian McKnight, specifically. Old school R&B is good. It is, but it's like... Most people like, but not like, okay, Back at One is not the song I listen to. Yeah. I mean, I'm like talking like. And you're not listening to like Black Street, like No Diggity. Yeah, like, like I'm that. talking Deep Cuts, Brian McKnight, Deep Cuts, Casey and JoJo. Like, like you're trying to cry, bro. Exactly. Like, I'm down here alone. Like, Well, I'm, I'm talking about more 
like guilty pleasures like some Justin Bieber or something like that. Though. Okay, I'm not talking about when you're in your field, bro. I'm not, I'm not in my field. I listen to it all the time in my truck. I don't like driving around. So you'd be driving around listening to Brian McKnight, like, yes, trying to get up in that boy. <laughs> Like, one, you like a dream come true. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Jeez. And I mean, R. Kelly's a freaking piece of crap, dude, but the guy could write some music. Uh, true. I mean. You cannot go anywhere and not listen to Ignition and not get turned up to it. The that remix. or Bump and Grind. Oh, yeah. Like, or Genuine, dude. Genuine, yeah. I mean, well, I love it, dude. Megan and I will sit around and just play different songs to each other, like, Old school stuff like that, and she played me genuine one time, and I was Hell like, "Hell yeah, that's my girl right there, dude." I, I love it. I have some guilty pleasures, man. Like, um, I like a little bit of uh, EDM stuff sometimes, man. And I'm not talking about like the festival stuff, like bass nectar. I'm talking about stuff that has singing over it. Here we it go. Just has like an EDM I, beat. I got one for you. Shout out Andrew Lampy, a guy I was in the Navy with on my ship, was playing this one day as a joke. Wasn't a joke, but he was like dancing, being stupid to it, and I've loved it ever since. It's a song called "Hot Skin," um, Hot by Skin. Oh come, on. Sam Felt. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's sick. Hold on, I already hit it. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, you might want to cut that off. You only get a couple seconds for you get copyright. No one listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> Still against the law, dude. No, nah, but like that, I don't really like any like da- like house music and stuff like that. It's like it's not my thing, man. Like I appreciate the talent that goes into it because people are like, oh, they're just pressing buttons on a keyboard and computer. No, there's a lot more skill that goes into that than most would think. But that it's just not my thing. But for some reason, that one song right there has stuck with me for years. Yeah. No, and see, I don't even I don't even like house music like that. Like people, you like house music? I'm like, no. <laughs> but like, sometimes there'll be an EDM song that's like on the radio. Yeah. That, yeah. I, that I heard at work, and I actually liked it. Like, so, um, Aless- do you know who Alessia Cara is? Mm-hmm. She's a singer. She has that song with Zed called "Stay." And dude, well, I, Zed's I love he that appeals song. to the masses. I love that song, dude. And I love her, and I love her voice, and she is beautiful. But um, that song is so catchy, dude. I see. I like a lot. Of, I, I, even heard, I haven't heard an acoustic version of it. It's so good, dude. Really? And she has a beautiful voice. She has, like, a very soulful voice. And I'd say she's one of my guilty pleasures, man. Right now, let me think of... Okay, my biggest guilty pleasure right now, but no one even knows who the guy really is. It, Unless you listen to him. His name's Ben Rector. Well, then that's not a guilty pleasure. Yes, it is. Nobody but knows who he is. He has a ton of fans, but it's like a, it's like niche. He's Megan's favorite singer, and I've like fallen in love with him. Wait, you going to marry him? I would. You wow. should hear his songs. They're great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, you want me to find like a mainstream artist that I like really dig? Yeah, or just something super cheesy that maybe her on the radio, you're like, I actually kind of like this, and I've definitely... Looked it up on Apple Music before and played it, but I would never tell anybody or save it to my music. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me uh, go through the old phone here. Because, like, what we were talking about before we... Okay, started. the 1975. Okay, that's a little better. That band's awesome. They just put a new album. I need to listen to it. Never, really, never listened to them, man. It's real poppy, but they got a song about killing people. 
It's called chocolate. Oh, I would say uh, Panic at Disco is one of my guilty pleasures. They, New like, or old? Both. See, old I don't think is a guilty pleasure yeah, because that's what it, shaped it's a, us. It's we a relic. grew up with yeah. that. New stuff New stuff. Is. Like that song, have you seen the video where he's at a piano and they're throwing random crap at him? Yes, that is a great song. Fantastic. That is, um, what song is that? Uh, I don't, oh my I don't, god, dude. This <laughs> is driving me crazy. I listen to that song and I've watched that video so many times. I Brendan um, Urie is amazing. Well, you know it's just him. It's just him that, now. That's what yeah. Panic yeah. has been for years. Um... Dude, what is that song called? The this is gospel. Yep, have it saved on my Spotify. That's what, how you know that I like it and that it is my guilty pleasure. But the version of that video at the piano is way better than the one on the album because the, it's yeah, the, acoustic. The regular album version is, in my opinion, sucks. But you know what that song? You know what that song's version? about? No, it's about his old best friend, the drummer Ryan of Panic at Disco, had a very bad problem with drugs. And that song is basically about how... If you love me, let me go. It's, it's basically about how he... Brendan recognizes that he had that problem. And he still loves him, even though, you know, that happened. But, you know, he wants him to get better. But, like, he's still saying, like, you know, I know that you're doing this. And that's what you did. And it broke up our friendship. But I still love you. Like, I'm still here. And that's an awesome song, dude. And that is a great... Like, that is a great meaning. Like, yeah. if you want to call me... You know, whatever for listening to that, I don't care because it's a good song. It's a fantastic and song. And it's a great songwriter. And his vocal range is <laughs> Brendan Urie. I might even have Guy Crush on him a little bit. He is amazing. Oh, I have my guilty pleasure. I should have known this all the time. Anything Justin Timberlake puts out. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Justin Timberlake's good. I love Justin Timberlake. <laughs> He's good. But yeah, dude, Panic of the Disco, the newer stuff. Like, I have songs saved. Pe- I'd put it on. Some people probably be like, dude, why are you listening to this? Because it's great. Like, That's why. Great. Yeah, dude. Death of a Bachelor. Yep. High Hopes is one of his new, newer singles. I think I've heard Man, that one. Such a good song, dude. I mean, and obviously, it's not that much of a guilty pleasure. 849 million listens on Spotify. Like, and it's on the radio. But, dude, Brennan Urie is a pop star that has a hell of a lot of talent. A hell of a lot. Like, look up him on YouTube. Dude can do. Hey, hold on, just he a can second. do ACDC covers, dude. We're gonna take a pause real quick. I got my brother's here. I gotta do something. I mean, hot Cheetos. <laughs> yep. But anyway, Brendan Jury, dude, stellar vocalist, stellar songwriter. Did you see that? Uh, I do this a lot, and I don't like it. Um, did you see the? Um, he put out like a post-hardcore song. No, it was great. When Vine was a thing, R.I.P. Vine. He used to do those positive hardcore Thursdays, and the dude can act. He actually has some screaming vocals, which actually sound great. Yeah, that was in that song he wrote. It was sick. But dude, I've seen videos of him on YouTube. I mentioned this a minute ago before we took the pause. Dude covers ACDC and makes it look easy. But then can hit like ungodly notes, dude. I, I seen a video. It was like a vocal. They have all these reaction videos. Vocal coach. I've seen it. And it's like, this guy's vocal range is perfect. It's impressive, dude. Yeah. Like, look up videos of his vocal range. And honestly, like, I'm not just saying this because he's talented and I like him. He really is amazing. Man, them Cheetos do really be hot, though. They do be hitting the... 
<laughs> if you're listening to this, go get you a bag of flaming hot Cheetos Crunchy because they're good. Have you ever had the flaming hot with lime? I don't like stuff with lime, so no. Bruh, get out of my house. All right, all right, guys. That no um, the podcast. Okay, we we're talking about this for the podcast, and we we're talking about guilty pleasures, honestly. But yeah, say what you're gonna say. No, um, before the podcast, we were talking about samples. We all know the king of samples is Kanye West. Bars. Um, uh, also, Jay Dilla. Yeah, so Anthony brought up a very obscure sample that I'd never thought of, and it is impressive. Anthony, tell him about it. Okay, guys, so most people know who <laughs> Jason Derulo is. Jason Derulo. He was launched into pop stardom by his hit single, What You Say. There is that very famous chorus that everybody knows, even if they don't like the song, whatever. It starts out, mm, what you say, yeah. And some people know this. That sample was from a song called Hide and Seek by a female artist named Imogen Heap. Please somebody roast me if I'm saying it wrong. I didn't look up the pronunciation, I just know the name. Um... But if you're like me, you hear something like that that's very memorable. And it it almost makes you curious to say, you know, I want to find out where this came from. How did this pop song get so big with a sample of someone else's music and someone else's songwriting? And not, not to cut you off, but he showed me that song before the podcast. And that might be the most obscure song I've ever heard. It's... Um, Complete, acapella. Completely acapella, and it's the use of a vocoder in 2005. Like, yeah, but like, where was that producer that heard that? What was he listening to to find that? Because the song is weird, it hits that, that sample, and then it goes back into being weird again. That sample does not fit that song, in my opinion. Yeah, but that part of the song is a very, very catchy melody that... That honestly, nobody can deny. Like, it's a very, very, very catchy melody. Oh, no, it's awesome. And if you listen to that song, it's actually a really good song. And the lyrics are greatly written. I looked it up, and apparently it's about when someone passes away, how you handle it and how other people handle it. Apparently, that's what the song's about. But but then I, I keep looking up. I, I look into this artist, and I find out that she was in a duo band called, again, don't kill me on pronunciation, Fro-Fro, maybe? But they had a very popular song back in the early 2000s called Let Go. It was on the Garden State soundtrack. It was a movie that Zach Braff made. It was an independent film. He chose that song because apparently he liked this band and he wanted everybody to know them and hear them. She's also written for a lot of artists, um, I think she. I think it said she helped write Taylor Swift's 1989 yeah, album. Really? And her, for whatever reason, she is very popular within the rap music scene. Um, Jason she's, Jason, she's been sampled by a few people, right? Wiz Khalifa? Wiz Khalifa, ASAP Rocky. And really? Cl- Clams Casino. Do you remember that song? Yes. Um, that me and Seth rapped over. Yeah, um... Was it Ghost? It's, it's called I'm God. Uh, yep. Okay, yep. That's her voice. I thought that was Dido. Remember Dido? Yeah. I thought that was her in that song. 
But that was Imogen Heap. God, I hope I'm saying that right. But she has a very distinctive voice, man. And for some reason, it's all over hip-hop. But yeah, the song In the Cut by Wiz Khalifa, if there's any Wiz Khalifa fans, which a lot of my friends are, if you hear that song, Let Go, the very first of it, you hear that melody that's in that Wiz Khalifa song, and it makes you think of that song. And I just think that that is stellar, that someone listened to a song and said, this one sound great. That's another song. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, this song is okay. But if this was in a different song, it would be if amazing. If you put some snare behind this, this would be a banger, dude. But, the, I mean, sampling has always been a thing. In, but in my personal opinion, I don't think anyone's ever done it better than Kanye. Yeah. Kanye was one of the pioneers of it in hip-hop. And there is a... If, if anybody... You don't have to be a fan. But there's a really good song on one of Kanye's albums. It's called Last Call, mm-hmm. and it is almost his complete story as told by him about how he got signed to Rockefeller, how he got big, and dude, he it was just making beats, right? Yeah, and like nobody took him serious as an artist or a rapper. They just wanted him for his beats, but he was like, he told himself and told the A&Rs that, yo, I can rap. I'm better. I'm better than just a beat guy, but they still said... You know, we'll talk about that. But we do want you for beats. Like, that's how he got doing beats for Jay-Z. And then, like, he even said the H to the Izzo song, his first, like, vocal feature with Jay-Z didn't even take off that big for him. It was a big song for Jay-Z, but not for him. Finally, he got noticed, though. That whole song, just go listen to it, anybody. I mean, he put Paul McCartney on the map. (laughs) (laughs) Who's Paul McCartney? He was some unknown artist on one of Kanye's songs. But go listen to the song Last Call. It's on College Dropout, which is probably his best That's album. my favorite. I don't know. That heartbreaks. song is so good because it's a song, and then it goes into a story. Like That's why you can't deny Kanye as a music legend, dude. Say is that what, what you want say? about him dude, as an individual? Dude, he is insanely smart. But He yeah. knows music, and he knows how to make it. Like Lady Gaga <laughs> is the... <laughs> Creative director of Polaroid. Listen, I like some of the Gaga songs. What does she know about cameras? <laughs> That's true. That's one of my favorite videos on of, of all time. Dude, Kanye is a mastermind. I don't care what anybody says. He is greatness, and you will respect him. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> but, I mean, did you know uh, the song Juicy by Biggie Smalls? The reason it's called Juicy? Because that sample... It's from a Juicy Fruit commercial. Really? Yeah. What? Yep. Doesn't. So, I mean, sampling's been around for a long time, but I feel like Kanye took it and honed it. He kind of mainstreamed it, yeah, made it he, popular. I mean, like I said, sam- like, sampling's been around. You hear that stuff in a lot of old 80s and 90s hip-hop, but like Kanye took it and he said, I'm going to take this and turn it into an art form. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He even tells you on that song, Last Call, one of his songs, he took the drums from another rap song, a Dr. Dre song, and used the drum kit from it, like the snare and the bass, and put it to his own song. And, I mean, he talks about that, and there's just so much cool things that he's done with music. And not just him, there's a lot of hip-hop producers that have just done some extraordinary things, like... like Say what you want, Big Germ. Yeah, dude, Mac, Mac, Miller's Mac Miller's producer. They had some great samples, man. They had... Here's the thing, and I will admit... I've talked bad about rappers, and I've never really talked bad about rap producers, 
because I know it takes talent to make those beats and to really layer everything the way it needs to be done. And I've talked about about rappers before, but there are specific rappers like like Mac Miller, um, Kanye, um, Andre Three Thousand, Childish Gambino. These guys that they do it all. They make their own. Uh, Tyler the Creator. Mm-hmm. They uh, are Russ. Yes, they are artists, mm-hmm. not some dude rapping over a beat. I'm not saying rappers aren't talented, but in the music side of it, these guys, it's more its more than just rapping. It is a craft. Yeah, because rap nowadays is saturated with a lot of bad artists because... It really, and like all oh, the mumble rap, yeah, it's pretty bad. And that, that shouldn't ruin hip-hop for people. There's a hip-hop that everybody can find that they like. Even, but, and I listen to a lot of hip-hop that I do listen to is for the beats. Yeah. And that's another thing we talked about our interview we had last week that messed up Vacation. He's a producer, artist, and he makes, he's on, what do you say, he shopped maybe one beat ever? He makes all of his own stuff. Well, he shopped, he shopped more than one beat, but like, we, I was talking to him about one of his EPs or mixtapes, and there was a song that stood out to me that had some acoustic guitar, and I was like, dude, I really like that song. He's like, yeah, he's like, that was the only beat that I shopped for this project. Because I mean, it just sounded so good. Like I had to have it, and I was but like, "He yeah, is I good, that. man." A lot of his beats he makes, and like even his newer stuff, like he's, he's coming out with some guitar and stuff in it. He's talented. There's a legitimate talent there that you don't find in a lot of mm-hmm. artists. Quotation marks. Well, and then you take people like Vacation, who are obviously were obviously influenced by you know rock music first. People like the post Malones of the uh, industry. Mm-hmm. When you're, you know, when you're introduced to music as, you know, as something diverse as like rock music like that, um, or metal or pop punk, and then you start getting into like more hip hop R and B, you're already pretty well rounded because you know a plethora of music. Yeah, I, I get that some people get into hip hop and they're just not into metal and stuff like that, and that's fine. But you know, at some point, like. For we were talking about it earlier. We were talking about this guy earlier, Juice World. We were talking about him earlier. You said you've been listening to some of his stuff. Juice World loves pop. I can't say loves. He loved. <laughs> loved. <laughs> he loved pop punk, dude. He loved Belmont, and Belmont is really? not even a big band, dude. Really, Belmont had a video up of Juice World singing one of their songs, dude. Juice World loved pop punk. He loved that is e- awesome. emo stuff like that. I tell you what, though, that song. Okay, on the last podcast you put out. Jordan was on here saying he listened to Juice World, and I I gave him crap for it. I've never listened to Juice World ever. To be honest with you, at the time I thought he was just some idiot like rapper that you hear nowadays. It's just not any good. Well, I was on TikTok earlier and saw one of his saw a song, and I was like, "Dang, that song is sick, dude!" Like, what is that? Found out it's a Juice World song. So I listened to some of his stuff. I actually really like it. But you can hear in that. Um, I know Cheetos, dog. Uh, you can hear in that song I was playing, Robbery or whatever, you can hear a kind of a pop punk influence in that song a little bit. Yeah, you can. You, you know, can, you can hear it in a lot of his so music. So I can, I can see that. And going back to sampling, one of Juice World's biggest hits, um, "Lucid Dreams," is a straight sample from Sting's "Shape of My Heart," and dude, that. That sample just works so well in that song. Because even the Sting version slaps, dude. <laughs> it just slaps. 
and one and okay, so to revolve three sixty all the way around, one of my not favorites, but a, a metal band that I listen to, a very heavy metal band, Oceans Eight Alaska, covered Shape of My Heart, and it's phenomenal. It's awesome. Right. So good, dude. It's so good. So I, as a well rounded aficionado in music, <laughs> can like the Juice World version can like the Sting version and can also like the Oceans at Alaska cover of the Sting version. So that's three different songs, but all having the the backbone of the same thing. Yeah. That, gu- same that guitar part. Yeah. That guitar riff created all three of those songs. Like, you could make the argument that Juice World might not even be that popular if it wasn't for that sample. That's something that draws... Jason Derulo would not be big <laughs> if it was not for that Imogen Heap sample. Like that's yeah, that song. Out. I mean, that was like his first big hit. But when I think of Jason Derulo, that's the song I think of. That's the song everybody thinks of. And how long has he been out? When did that come out? Two thousand nine, probably yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like we're talking over ten years. But that's the thing we're talking about. That's why sampling is so powerful to me, man, because. Some of these artists may not have the credit they have these days if it wasn't for their producers that made, that, that found these obscure songs like Hide and Seek and said, you know, this would sound dope in a pop, you know, hook right now. Like, who who does that, man? Who thinks of that? That is insane, dude. I think it does. Like, I, I could sit down right now with my MIDI controller. I could probably make a... Semi decent rap trap, rap beat. Mm. Not, I'm not saying like that any like producer would ever want to use, but like <laughs> for like me and you just like messing around. Yeah, I mean, but even when I hear music, I don't like hear stuff, and and I think it takes a special kind of ear to sit down and be like, be like, man, I like that song. Let me mash that up with this this snare and bass that I've been throwing, like you know, mm-hmm. see what it sounds like. Well, then let me put it in. I, I just, it's impressive to me. Yeah. To say the least. Like, well, going back to our buddy Vacation, so uh, Juice World's one of his biggest influencers, and he'll tell anybody that. Um, and I think he, he kind of does well what Juice World did, you know, kind of blending that pop punk sound with the rap and the R&B. Um, and I mean, and relating to people, man. Like, I mean, kind of sad stuff, but like, people can relate to that. So, um, shout to Vacation again, man, because he he blends genres of music very well, in my opinion. And then, because some people will listen to him and say, "Oh, this is not hard enough to be you know considered rap that I would like," because it's you know a little bit softer, feeling you know more emo. But then there's people that listen to emo stuff that be like, "Dude, this slaps," because like you know this sounds awesome to me. Like the song "Live and Learn" by him is a absolute banger. Live and learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. What? Wait. What? Which ones is that on? It's got the guitars. Like, doom, doom. It's on the best of both, best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or best, best of all worlds, worlds yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that song is. I was actually just listening to that before you got here today. Like, I love. I listen to it about every day. It's so good. That one's, thing I, that one's good in the um, Chemical X. Yeah. Please don't kill me. I think Something that's like right. that. Um, that's one of my favorites on there. I'm gonna tell you, in vacation, if you hear this, I appreciate you. Your songs are too short. They are too short, man. 
There's some, but that thing you got some absolute straight bangers on here, and then I'm like vibing, and then it just ends. I'm like, bruh. But I mean, if that's the way he made his songs, it's, it's I, lo- I love them though, man. It ain't nothing to me to press play again, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, live and learn and Chemical X, man. That's one of my favorites on there. Yeah, I'm not saying you're, it, you're, it's a bad thing. Your songs are too short. It's just bad for my ears. You know what I mean? Because I needed to yeah, keep going. Cause I know what you mean. <laughs> But yeah, the main point that we're trying to make on this podcast is that sampling is an art form when done right, and it actually makes things so much better. A lot of people are like, see, it takes no skill to take someone else's song and make it your song, but it see, does. No, see, I've heard people on the counter argument to what we're saying, like, oh, well, th- I mean, half their song is someone else wrote it. Not really. You know, you look at it and like, yeah, that hook in that Jason Derulo song, that to me, that's what made the song. But you also need to find a track. It's more than copy and paste. Absolutely. You got to find a track that meets the same BPM, the, the same key, the same flow. You know what I'm saying? You can't just have any random song in any other song. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you're not gonna you're not gonna listen to a um um Tyler Childers. Is yeah. Way say? You're not going to listen to one of his songs and be like, dude, this chorus would slap on a hip-hop beat that's 130 beats per minute. And his song's 80 beats per minute. Yeah, it, that wouldn't work. It no. wouldn't happen. So, like, that's the thing. But... I I'm, guess you could do it halftime if you wanted to. Well, but that's like, what I'm saying. A lot, Like, a lot of these samples are either sped up or slowed down. Yeah. That Imogen Heap one is slowed down a little bit for the... No, sped up. I'm sorry for the Jason Derulo song. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, especially because that artist... The, the producer made it his own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, I even read on the internet that um, Jason Derulo said that she loved that song. Like, really? Like, she thought that they did a good job with her sample. Which... See, that's that's also got to be a... Because you got to pay... you got licensing from these artists to do those samples. So every time that song plays, she gets royalties from yeah. it. Yeah. So you kind of don't want to write this sample or put this hook in... And then the artist be like, yo, that is garbage. Yeah. But, dude, what? so what's dope is that? Say you write a song to a very niche fan base. And it doesn't blow up, but people are like, it's a good song. She wrote a good song. And then someone uses your vocals and exposes you to a whole other category of music. And it blows up. And people are hearing your voice everywhere. And they're looking it up like me. And then, like... Not saying that she got famous off that because she was famous before, but like she more famous than she was. Yeah, she probably got a lot more people looking her up and finding out who she was. Like, I think that's dope. That's awesome. That's dope, dude. Artists helping artists. I mean, exactly, man. Because now, like, Jason Drillo can't do music without people saying, like, you know, that sample that you did on that song on your single was just insane. Like, that's what made me listen to you. So he asked to thank her for that. And then obviously she has to thank him for that, for making her even bigger than she was and probably making tons of royalties off that song. Yeah. And then the producer, they just never get enough love, dude. And I feel like some producers though, they're the ones that made that happen, bro, are okay with that. But I feel like that's why a lot of rappers shout them out now or like, you know how a lot of these producers now have their own ad libs. 
Like um, DJ Khaled, for example, the most famous one of them all. Like, or like Metro Boomin wants some yeah. more. Like they're like saying, like, "Yo, I'm here too. Like I'm a person. It, it's not just Juice World that you're hearing rap, or it's not just Future or Drake. Well, see, like I'm actually a person too." I guess the best I can relate to that is Mac Miller and, and Big Germ. Yeah, well, I mean, Mac he, Miller even, raps about it. Even Wiz Khalifa was everything first shouting I, him out, yeah, you know? Everything I rap, prodded by Big Germ or whatever the lyric is, you know? And he is, uh, I actually talked to Big Germ on Twitter a couple weeks ago. He posted some, uh, some stuff from his studio, and I was kind of interested in what kind of like analog rack gear and stuff that he uses. And we were like kind of tweeting back and forth to each other, and I thought that was bananas that I'm like talking to me, you know, talking to this guy who is renowned in the hip hop game for making beats and and doing what he needs to do, you know. Yeah, exactly. And helping, you know, helping the late Mac Miller get his career off the ground, you know, and then yeah. And making it what it is today, and what what his like, you know, and his like, legacy left behind. Mac Miller, okay. I lo- I love Mac Miller. I have since the day he started, and I think it, he grew up with us. Meaning, he came out. We were eighteen years old. We're all the same age as him. Mm-hmm. He came out with that, the Playboy frat boy rap. Yep, and we loved it at the time. Because that's what we It's what into. we were, yeah. yeah. Okay. Two, three years later, um, watching movies with the sound off comes out. It is different. And at first, everybody's like, oh, what? He fell off. But then the people that were like legit fans of him were like, no, we, we've grown up. He's grown up with us. Now his music taste is... He went from this Playboy rapper to an artist. Yeah. His f- swimming... Or that was his last last album. Was swimming mm-hmm. was a masterpiece. It was great. It was awesome, but it was like when he started the Larry Fisherman persona. I was like, that's kind of weird. What is this? What's going on? You know? And then I realized that's his producer name was Larry Fisherman. That was him diving into himself as it, like a artist. Yeah. yeah, and it was so good. Like the guy was a he went from a young kid to a an extremely developed musician and producer and artist. Yeah. And I'm just going to say this is apparently our hip hop episode where we're diving into hip hop. It's fine. It's good for us. But um, anybody, I will send them my address, can fight me right now if they say that Kids was Mac Miller's best stuff. Oh, my God. Kids was Mac Miller's iconic sound, and it was, it was his takeoff. It's what he needed. But Kids is nowhere near the best stuff that Mac Miller's put out by a long shot. Not even close. I, and, and Not even Blue Slide Park. And I love the songs that are on Kids. I love those songs. Those are timeless. But that is not Mac Miller's best work. I've, I've literally banged every one of his mixtapes and every one of his albums, and that is by far not the best. No, that's the thing. Is like, I still, like you said, I love them. I could listen to them today, right now, and it's fantastic. Yep. But I think he got better and better as he went. In my personal opinion, mm-hmm. musically, lyrically, there's some deep lyrics on Swimming. I think Swimming's his best album. I think Good AM is. I'll say it right now. Good, Good AM is Good my AM second best favorite. Good AM, best album. Macadelic, best mixtape. Hands down. Macadelic was hands down the best mixtape. 
Mac, there's not even Macadelic is where Mac explored his, um, like, went back to his Playboy party scene, but was more mature. But then also, he explored. Well, that's where we first heard Clem's Casino. That's not where I first heard Clem's Casino, but yeah, that's that's where I first heard him. No, but yeah, but, but yeah, he had producers like Clem's Casino and uh, Mikey Rocks and somebody else that kind of uh, like. Dude, that mixtape was just straight heat. Like that, sh- dude. It's hard to find a better rap mixtape than that. Good AM is my second favorite. Um, Good AM is my favorite album for Mac Miller because I can tell you why. I can listen to that album front to back, no pauses, no skips. Phenomenal album. Well, see, okay, maybe if I were to sit back and really go over it, it might be my favorite. I yeah. think swimming was just. I was listening to it so hard. The day I found out he died, and I texted you yeah. that day, yeah. right when I found out. I think it, that's kind of like in my psyche now. Like that moment is kind of ground in, and I don't get into like celebrity like worship. Yeah, but that is the first celebrity death in my lifetime that I was like, oh my god. That one, that one hurt a little. It bit. did. Yeah. It really did. So I think it's kind of like it kind of burned into my psyche. You know what I'm saying? The swimming yeah. is. But I think the album is so good. But there's lyrics on that album, man, that are like, he's like I wish I had demons, that, or I, I wish I didn't have demons that were, were big as my house. And and then like the song Self Care, he's in a coffin in that video. Um, yeah. there's a, You could tell he was battling demons when he was writing that album. Oh, you could tell that album's before. Yeah, but like, I think that album, he was coming to a point where I think he may have knew that it was getting bad, and it was coming to a point that he, I got to fix this, or I'm going to end up dead. Yeah, you know. But Good AM, probably the coolest album cover I've ever seen. Good AM is so good because that's where he started getting into the deeper stuff, more lyricism. But there was still a lot of upbeat stuff to yeah. Good AM. I love that album, and maybe I love it because of the time period when it came out. Like, I guess that was just good times because, um, I remember I had to go to, um, I had to go to a training in Spartanburg for work, um, when this album just came out. And this was when Andrew Vacation, you've heard us talk about him, had just moved down here and I just yeah. met him for the first time. We were good buddies and, uh, everything was just happy at that time. And I remember I drove to that training. It was like a two hour drive and I listened to that album on repeat to Spartanburg and back and like just made me love that album and dude it's just such a good album dude that, it really, it really I, is Mac Miller was great dude I miss him yeah that is the you know <laughs> this sounds going to sound crazy but everybody's like if you could bring one artist back uh, Hendrix blah 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 in my lifetime it'd be Mac Miller yeah you know I can't really think of anybody else I don't want to bring back. Well, yeah, I mean, in our lifetime, you know, Michael Jackson's died. They've, uh, other good artists have died, but, like, that's not my music. Well, also, Michael Jackson kind of lived out his life, too, like, to a certain point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, mean, like, his last few years was a little rough. A little rough, rough but, yeah. yeah. But, but, I mean, Michael like. Michael Jackson had his hits. He had his moments, you know. He was, you know. I feel like Mac Miller was just still climbing. He was a starting, dude. Yeah. He was a starting. Just beginning. As an artist, at least. Yeah. Because you had Mixtape Mac and you had Album Mac. And there's so many artists that are like that. 
It's like Logic. People probably hit on Logic, but mixtape Logic's great. I've never really listened to Logic. I've listened to some of his stuff, but his albums are. Eh, I still like. I still love Logic. I love everything he puts out, but his mixtapes are just more raw and they're better. But I feel the opposite of Mac. Mac's albums had more emotion, were better, but his mixtapes were more of that turn up type shit, like that you want to yeah. party to and yeah. stuff. Or like if you just want to hear good rap music, like Max mixtapes. But I feel I feel like his mixtapes were, if you're at a house party, that's what you put on. They're fun, yeah, yeah. But his albums is more. You of don't put that on a house listening. party, yeah. I still would though. Like yeah, wa- but like watching movies with sound off had some had some good parties. Yeah, like like, like swimming. No, you're mm. not putting that on at a at mm. a party. You so, know, unless you want everybody to do a suicide pact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry if that offends anybody. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but I don't know who else. I'm a big. Uh, I'm not gonna say am now. 2012 to 16, big Tyler Creator fan. I still like him. I respect him. I just don't listen to that anymore. He just got two out there for me, man. Igor is his last thing he put out, and it's a little weird. Couldn't even listen to it. I didn't. Really now that one was it Cherry Bomb. Cherry Bomb was cool. That was a good album. Me and you both talked about that yeah. one. And Wolf was good. Wolf was the one that really got probably, me into Tyler probably Critter. His, probably his best. That album is what really got me into him. I like some of his stuff before, like the Odd Future stuff. Um, but that album was what really separated. Like, you know, I was like, I really like this guy. That's another genre bending artist right there. Oh, 100%. Incorporating heavier type music into rap. And then, I mean. But he's also a huge fan of like. Jazz and hip hop and the Neptunes, dude. Like Pharrell, yeah. like that's one of his biggest influences. Yeah, Pharrell is like his favorite artist. He loves some weird stuff like that, man. But it it works for him, I guess. Well, but, what I like about him, what drew me to him, was the fact that he is a singer, or a rapper, producer, mm-hmm. filmmaker. Yep, directs all of his own videos. Has his own clothing line. Yeah, I mean, the guy is multifaceted. In every aspect. So that's why I really respected Tyler the Creator. And he is a true. Well, he had his own label too. Yeah. But I'm saying he is a true. He's going to make the music he wants to write. And if you don't like it, so be it. True. But yeah, this is uh, apparently the hip hop episode of Side Stage. But I'm honestly liking it. Well, see, I don't really delve into hip hop that much. Well, I don't. I guess I listen to more than I realize, but then I don't ever talk about it with anybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay, okay. Question. So, in your, in your opinion, all the rappers of ever, who is when it comes to rapping, who is the most underrated rapper you you can think of? Underrated? Yeah. Lyricist? Yeah, lyricist. I would say J. Cole, but he's up there in like what people he's would in, consider he's like a God lyricist. Tier. Yeah, yeah, him and Kendrick. Because um, you've got your God tiers, which would be... Nas. Eminem. Eminem. Um, J. Cole. J. Cole. Kendrick. Kendrick. Um, who else? Uh, dude, I... Lupe Fiasco, man, he used to be yes. so, used to be so yes. good, dude. Lyric wise, and then he kind of got a little weird and crazy. But I forgot about Lupe him. Lupe is more like mid tier, though. Yeah, but dude, I got to put Drake high tier. I don't care if somebody else writes it. His stuff is clever, 
Do you really think he go, gets that all of his stuff ghostwritten? Not everything. There's no way, dude. Drake is an entertainer. Yeah. The dude was acting before he started rapping. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Drake knows how to play the music. He knows how to play the entertainment game. It d- doesn't matter if you like him. Doesn't matter if you think his music's good. The dude knows what he's doing. I and like Drake. I love Drake. And he knows hip hop is a business and Drake is a business owner. And people hate that. That's, that's that's why they don't like it. I like that. The future took the owl, told him brand it for me. <laughs> like, I love that. People want Drake to be this hard rapper, and he's not. So he's not going to be. I, I get, well, okay, it. I, I get it that he raps sometimes like that. He raps, but he came up with Lil Wayne and them. Yeah. So people want him to be a rapper. They want him to he's be like not a gangster rapper. rap. He's exactly. Gangster rap died in the 90s, dude, when like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre stopped doing that. And Eminem, like, that stuff died. People that want Drake to be like gangster so bad because he talks about like kind of being hard, it's not gonna happen, dude. The dude's a business owner; he has money. He does. It doesn't matter to him. He's not gonna be sitting out rapping about how he's gonna pull up on you and shoot you and shit like that's childish. That's not. He, he don't care about that because that's not who he is. That's why he raps about money and girls and people are like, oh, he's soft. He raps about girls. Well, it's making him a lot of money, so yeah. I would do it too, buddy. Okay, my take on the most underrated rapper of all time. Not the most underrated artist, Andre Three Thousand. Mm, he's, no, he's not underrated though. No, 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 no. People know him for Outcast, and he rapped in Outcast, and it was good. Have you ever listened to his solo work? No, bro. I'm just not that big of a fan of him, but I know that he can rap. I've heard some of his stuff, and I, I used to when I was in the Navy. A lot. Of, I have friends with a buddy that's a big hip-hop head and he's the one that kind of turned me on to this thought he said dude people think of hey y'all when you hear three stacks you know don't he's like don't get me wrong fantastic song that's the thing when you say three stacks some people don't know what you're talking about yeah and there's literally tons of rappers that throw that out there and if you don't if you don't get it you don't get it yeah but he showed me some of his like older solo stuff the guy he's like Nas level lyricist. Yeah. He can rap, bro. But even before Hey uh, Outcast was putting out bangers too, where they yeah, both were rapping. But that that's more of like poppy rap though. I'm talking like not not old Outcast. Yeah, not old Outcast is southern rap, dude. At, at its core, so, like yeah. it's just southern dirty grimy rap. Dude. Did you see when uh, Big Boy was at the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think. And so. And everybody's like, "Who is this guy? What is he doing here? Uh, I don't know. He's an Atlanta legend." Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a big boy. Like, yeah, like, come on, bro. Like, I don't know the other half of Outcast. Like, what are you talking about? Who is this guy? Yeah, it's like, cause like one of their oldest songs is probably the most notable. Spody Odie Dopalicious. Mm-hmm. The beat you can't deny. The, but the rapping that's so good and like, I remember growing up hearing Outcast in video games. I think Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, Bombs over Baghdad was such a huge song. Like all this, I was, forgot about that. All song. this was pre Heya, so Outcast has had bangers in the '90s, man. And there was just only like a, a very small niche of people that listened to it. And I'll even admit, I I don't listen to a lot of old Outcast. Out, I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. I don't listen to a lot of old Outcast though. But the stuff I do know from people like Charlie, he showed me, he, Charlie actually like loves some old Outcasts and some old rap. He showed me some. Old Outcast and it's good stuff, dude. Like, and some of it I know, like the pre Speaker Box Love Below era. Um, 
some of that stuff is good, but some of the stuff on that album is good too when they went mainstream. So, I bet what Tucker showed me, dude, of a feature out of Three Stacks was on a uh, on a song featured. Yeah, and he's like, well, he showed me the song. He's like, who do you think that is? I'm like, I don't know. It didn't sound like him from from Outcast. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know. But that's one of the sickest verses I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. And he's like, that's Andre 3000. Yeah. That's the Andre 3000 I listen to. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying he's underrated as who he is because he's clearly one of the most famous rappers of all time. But I think he's underrated in the terms of people saying, oh, uh, Tupac, Biggie, Jay-Z, J. Cole, Kendrick, best rappers of all time, Eminem. Yeah. I think... If you really get down and dirty with it, it, this is just my opinion. I think he deserves to be on an extended Mount Rushmore of rappers. No, you're on to something. For you and the normie like hip hop crowd, yeah. yes. But even Eminem back in early two thousands made a nod to Andre three thousand in one of his songs about like like him, Tupac and Biggie and like Eminem being the next wave that comes through to like join them like Nas, Biggie, Tupac and him and he, he throws Andre 3000 out there and a lot of other rappers throw three three stacks out there or Andre so yes your friend that showed you that obviously he knew and now you recognize his greatness but the rappers in the game that have been there for a while they recognize they, I guess they know. how good yeah. Andre 3000 was I, I, that's there. true I guess and um, like well, you heard that Kendrick Lamar verse on that uh, the song Power with the uh, Big Sean where he calls everybody out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, this song about Eminem, Jay-Z, Three Stacks, I ain't talking to y'all. And then he calls out everybody else. Yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, he even recognizes him as, Absolutely. Know. And Kendrick, uh, I feel like somebody like him knows his place in hip-hop. He knows, like, I'm one of the newer, newer dogs, but, like. Especially then. Now he's. Yeah, I can rap. And but I I owe like the greatest you know like the legends like I owe them a lot but I'm gonna kind of say a unpopular opinion though but I don't think Biggie was that great of a rapper man I don't um, I like it? his music I like some of his songs but for people to say and I'm gonna say it too uh, Tupac included for people to say they are the best rappers of all time mm-hmm. is a fallacy I feel the same way Look, they, they, they put out they, like three albums they didn't live long enough to be the greatest exactly. Of all now, they're judging just from their body of work, they're fantastic. Especially, well, Tupac was a poet. The guy could write lyrics like nobody's business. Biggie had a flow like nobody else, but they didn't do it long enough to yeah. be. Yeah, now Tupac was a great hip hop role model, and you know you can't say really anything bad about Tupac, but as an artist, I don't think he's one of the greatest because. He doesn't have a large body of work, and I mean, I I hate to say he's overrated, man, but people just put him in a god tier category that I just don't see. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I that is a hot take that I know a lot of people don't agree with, but I I fully agree with that. And Biggie too. Yeah. Not saying I don't like him. I'm saying that they're just maybe a tad overrated, and I want to say people only like them. After they died, because it was like that thing to do, which is that's a real thing. Nobody really cares about you until you're dead. Here's a hot take: Nirvana. 
Kurt Cobain. Got up. Same thing. I wanted to say this so bad. They're not good. No. They never were. No. They're a crappy grunge band that got famous. Exactly. I don't care what anybody says. Fight me. Pull up on me right now. I'll send you my address. Nirvana was not that good. You didn't like him. You only like him because he's dead. He killed himself, and he had deep emotional lyrics about his trouble in his own head, and you can somewhat relate to it. That's all I'm saying. They were not that good. God, I've been wanting to say that for such a long time. I'm very open about that, and people hate me for it, but I'm like, yo, don't get me wrong. They have a couple good songs. But they were not that good. He's like, oh, Nirvana's the best. No, they're not. You are in love with a crazy guy who blew his brains out because he couldn't take... I don't believe he killed himself. I will give him that. Maybe. But hit, number one, his voice was not that good. It fit the era. It fit the era, but grunge sucks as a whole. It's not good music. <laughs> it's not good music. I'm sorry. It's not... It, you may like grunge. You may have grew up in 1990-whatever and never got older. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Terrible music. Yeah. That's... Grunge is not good, in my opinion. Uh, and Nirvana was not a good band. I hate seeing people wear their shirts because I know you didn't like them that much. You probably weren't even born. Look, like, like if you're in your late 30s, maybe early 40s, and you're wearing a Nirvana shirt, I can respect that. You get a pass. Yeah, I'll give you that. If you're my age wearing a Nirvana shirt, bro. And if you point at Dave Grohl and say, look, it's the lead singer of Foo Fighters. I didn't know he was in that band. Then you don't like Nirvana. <laughs> okay. You're not even a fan. Okay, another hot take. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. God, about, I'm loving it. Let's just keep doing hot takes. I love this. I don't care what you say about the Foo Fighters. That is the level of rock and roll every band should aspire to be at. Foo Fighters are great. They're amazing. I won't, I won't disagree with you on that. I that, love Foo Fighters. They have reached a... a they're, to, in my opinion, like I said, this is all just opinion, but I think they are at a level of rock and roll status that maybe no one will ever achieve ever again. Yeah. They've played sporting no, events. They've been in video games. There's no such thing as a rock god anymore. Maybe Dave Grohl is the last remaining rock god, rock star yeah. that's still putting out music. Yeah. Like, you, given you still have Axl Rose, Slash, those guys are still alive, but they're not writing music anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, of an active band, I really think the Foo Fighters are god tier. Yeah. You even take him playing for Nirvana out of the whole thing. He's still like what it, stuff he done with Foo Fighters is way better. Oh, one hundred percent. Everlong. That's not even their best song. Classic. That's one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. Well, and I'm gonna say like, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a Foo Fighters fan. Where I buy every album, I go to their shows, stuff like that. Never been to a show. Probably never listened to a full album. But they have great singles. They have great songs and. They're very talented people. That's what I'll say. Yeah. And I want to say this one more time. Nirvana sucks. <laughs> God, I want to say that so bad. I'm glad uh, I was le- I was here when you got to express that because I've been saying it for years and people argue with me till their face is red. And I'm like, tell me five songs. Exactly. And not even that, five good songs. Okay, they're like, in bloom... Smells like Teen Spirit. Heart shaped box. Heart shaped mm-hmm. box. Uh, and then they're they're like fumbling. I'm like, bro, exactly. I don't I don't even know any more songs yeah. besides those, because they just weren't that good. The thing is, back then, his whole like suicide thing and his dark problems is stuff that people weren't op- weren't very open with. You know, nowadays a lot of people are more open with their mental health and stuff like that. So that's why. I think that's why people kind of glamorize him back then because of that. 
which I'm not saying that mental health is being glamorized, but because I mean, I know people struggle with it and I've seen it firsthand. So, I mean, definitely never disrespect to those kind of people. But I think the Kurt Cobain thing and the Nirvana thing was just that it was more of a hype train because of stuff like that. Like it was just more of a, uh, almost like a circus act, dude. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I read that's a uh, hot take one time that said, I think over over 70% of Nirvana's album sales were after Kurt Cobain died. I could totally believe that. And yeah. I mean, with the way humanity is, yeah, I could see that. People love bad news, man. Okay. What did you think of Chris Cornell and like Audio Slave and stuff like that? That is a band. Um, I liked Soundgarden. I love 90s rock. I'm not a big fan of the grunge stuff, but I love 90s rock. But I will say Audio Slave and Soundgarden were great. And I like Chris Cornell. But then when he killed himself, everybody was like, oh, my God, Chris Cornell was the greatest vocalist of all time. No, he's not. Like, he made good music. He was in a couple really good bands. But to say that that dude was the best vocalist of all time is asinine. That's crazy. Because there's a, okay, in, in rock music, he may have been one of the top, but not the best. But I was just never a big Cornell fan. I, that style of music, I was just never really into. Yeah. Now, Audio Slave had a couple songs I did actually like, but I was never a fan. Um, just, no, I, I really can't say much about that because I, I don't really listen to that kind of music. And that kind of goes in that grunge music. And I just don't really like it. Now, I say this, and I'm talking junk about 90s rock right now. But this is another of a Chris Norwood exclusive opinion. Bars. Not, not exclusive, because other people feel this way too. I think that 90s rock, like Goo Goo Dolls, Foo Fighters, stuff along those lines. Alternative? Yes. More alternative is the best era of music of all time. Oh, I argued with somebody about that the other day. I, I totally agree. Now, hear somebody me out. Somebody told me that 80s music was better than 90s. I said no. no not even close. Go ahead and slap yourself in the face yeah. if you think that, because you're wrong. Because now, I was actually talking to Megan's cousin about this. Actually, that's who I was talking about. It is an era of music. I don't think there's ever been more one-hit wonders than in the '90s. But you may not know who sings that song, but you, you know, know that every damn song. word yep. to that song front and back. And you can turn on '90s Pandora and or Goo Goo Dolls Pandora or uh, any of those bands, and Listen to it for hours and never skip one song. Absolutely. You know? But there was also a lot of not good music from the 90s, just like there is now. Exactly. You know? But there was, I think in the 90s, there was better good music than there was bad music versus today. Yeah, because not everybody could put their music on Spotify. Exactly. Yeah. You had to work <laughs> to find your music. And there's, yeah. there's a lot of unoriginality today because if you have the internet, and you have a microphone, you can somewhat get a little bit famous, whatever. I hate that fact, but I also love that fact for some people that are very talented that, you know, can will never get found out. Or in the 90s, wouldn't have been found out, you know? But, yeah, dude, you got bands like Matchbox 20. You got bands like Goo Goo Dolls, um, Foo Fighters, Green Day, Blink-182, late uh, 1990s into 2000s. Blink-182 started um, in 92, 93. 
they didn't really get popular until mid nineties. Oh yeah, 90s. yeah, but because when Scott was their drummer, nobody knew who they were until they got Travis Barker. I mean, that's not true, but they did kind of explode. Well, that's when Enemy of the State came out, and it just skyrocketed from that point. But yeah, I mean, you had an era of music there that I feel like so much changed in the nineties, though. Yeah. Now I'm a hardcore music like aficionado, I guess you could say. So, if you get into like hardcore music, hardcore changed in the nineties. The yeah. big straight edge movement and oh, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Like it was eighties and not late eighties, early nineties. It blossomed off of punk music. Yeah, that's what really and, happened. In my, <laughs> in my opinion, punk died in the nineties. But in my opinion, punk's not that good either. I like some punk music, but. We're talking true punk music. I don't really care for it. Okay, but, true like British punk, like the big punk wave. I don't like Sex Pistols and stuff like that. Don't like. I like No Effects. Um, MXPX. See, I'm not, I'm not into that stuff, man. I don't listen to them a lot, but I do like them. I'm a pop punk guy. I'm more of a, I'm I, oh if you're gonna like pick a pick a side right there, I'm 100 percent pop punk. Yeah. Like, but there are some good. And no effects and MXPX really, that's the real late wave of punk, and a lot of punk heads wouldn't even consider that punk music, you know, just because there's a like a real yeah, fast yeah. punk beat behind it. But now when people talk about like the Misfits and Sex Pistols and stuff like that, I oh, I cannot listen to that music. Yeah, true punk. No, I, yeah, I, I, I can't do that and. A lot of my friends hate me, and you probably hate me, but true hardcore, I can't really listen to a lot of it. I just, I don't... Well, see, that's the thing, dude. I get it. Like, I like hard... Like, to me, Bane, Have Heart, Cruel Hand, um, bands that fall in that time period of hardcore, to me, Lionheart, are... They're on a level of hardcore that I don't think you can reach anymore. But there's a band now called Gulch that everyone, they're like, oh, that's hardcore music. That just sounds like something I wouldn't like. Bro, it's, I, I hate it. I've tried listening to it. I've really, because I'm like, yeah, I'd like to get back into hardcore. I mean, stop listening to stuff that came out 15 years ago. I want to listen to like this new wave of hardcore. You know what I'm saying? I don't like it at all. I'm best, I'm more metalcore now. That's what I'm into now. Yeah. The new misery signals, ghost or ghost inside, counterparts, knocked loose, uh, just bands along that new wave of metalcore. Knocked loose kind of rides that new hardcore sound to me, though. I don't really care for them. Well, don't, have you listened to our new album, Different Shade of Blue? Mm-mm. Listen to it. It's totally different. It is really good. You don't like his vocals, though, do you? Not really. And I think that band is. I think they're heavy just for the sake of being heavy. See, okay, their first two albums. That's why I started listening, to be honest with you. Like, this band's heavy for no reason. Yeah, they're just heavy for the sake... Like, but you, they're, you've got to have some kind of substance for music, and that's what I feel like they lack. That's why I don't like them. But they're all, they were all really young then. They've grown up a little bit. Their newest album, Different Shade of Blue, totally different. There's lyricism. There's actual music. It's not just breakdown, 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 breakdown. Yeah, because everything like, I've heard from them is just yeah. heavy as balls. I don't and know. then this dude barking. Like... <laughs> That's all I've ever heard from them. There's no barks on the new album. (laughs) But don't get me wrong. The new album is is extremely heavy, but it's a good heavy. 
I like their stuff, but their new album would is you, great. Would you say it's a different shade of blue? It's definitely a different shade of blue. Cool. Maybe, that's, just, maybe that's why they did that. They just dropped a collab T-shirt with uh, Counterparts. Counterparts' new album, You're Not You Anymore, says You're Not Blue Anymore, and they did a collab thing that's with That's actually them. pretty dope. It is pretty I like cool. That. I, I kind of want to buy one. Uh, but that's a band that... What's funny is I talk, heard a podcast of Brendan from Counterparts, and he was like, <laughs> he was like, you know, we're kind of at this level where we're just trying to maintain now. Yeah. He's like, but it pisses me off. We took Knock Loose out on our first headliner. They pulled 300 more kids a night than we do. He's like, they blew up. He's like, I'm not mad at them for that. But we're, we realize our place in the game. Yeah, but no. Knock Loose skyrocketed. That just happens. Yeah. But in, to spin that, Knock Loose will just be, you know, the flavor of the month for a while where Counterparts has a dedicated they have, fan they base. Have staying power. Because they have albums that show that, their track record. That's what Brendan said. He said, at this point, we're trying to build staying power. Yeah. Now they have that. Just like the Ghost Inside. Haven't had a record in five years. And they have already have over a million views on their app. Exactly. Video. They put out a song and all of a sudden, boom, because they have a fan base. They freaking knew that was going to happen. 50 bucks. No, oh, 100 bucks. Nirvana put out music today Nobody would listen to it Because it would be garbage Because they're not a good band And God <laughs> I want to say that again Thank you I mean <laughs> I've had a couple drinks guys But I've been wanting to say that And the fact that I put it out there in public listen, Is great We have liberated Anthony on this podcast <laughs> Because I <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen I do not use Facebook anymore Because if I did I would go and post it on Facebook And there would be some idiot that would comment And I would just have to roast them And that's why I deleted Facebook that's why I don't use it anymore. That's going to be the tagline when I post this on Twitter. Does Nirvana suck? Question mark. Dot, 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 Find dot, out. Dot. Find out in this episode. <laughs> just Actually, just put, yeah, does Nirvana suck? Question mark. Because they do. <laughs> <laughs> I will really, I'll literally battle that with anybody. If you want to call me, DM me, and I'll send you my number. We can talk about this. But they're awful. <laughs> and But, you know, it's that's another thing, though. And I, I try to be on this side of things because I feel the same way. But everything is subjective. It is. You know what I mean? Because what I was going to say, like, so we were talking about 90s music. I know you have a thought. I'll let you finish it in just a second. Even pop music was at its freaking height in the 90s. Oh, dude, yeah. Pop music was better than ever in the 90s. Listen, if you don't like Alanis Morissette, you can get out. Bro, I'm not even talking. I'm talking about Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah. NC, but like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, yeah. Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. <laughs> <laughs> One Hit Wonder Baby. I don't know why I thought of that. Nah, but like <laughs> Ricky Martin. <laughs> but uh, I don't know where my thought was. Oh no, everything is subjective. So, and I hate to be that person that's like, "Oh, that sucks." End of story. I'm not going to talk about it. So when I do say something sucks, I am open for a debate. But I got about 15 years into this Nirvana theory, and you're not changing that. Change my mind in that one. Oh, I'm. 28 years old, and I've had 28 years in this. No, but it's like, well, Smells Like Teen Spirit's the first song I ever learned how to play. No, second song I ever learned how to play on guitar. Um, but it's like, and I, I'm open to a discussion about why they're good. But if you're going to come at me, you better come correct because I'm coming back at you with some heat. Don't just be like, oh, they're good. Are don't, they? Don't say they're good because Kurt Cobain was an innovator. Because he wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Counting Crows. The song Mr. Jones. Great song. 
Fantastic song. Love it. One of my all-time, literally in my top five favorite songs of all time. Um, what what does Kurt Cobain do that's different than that guy? Suck. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, but like that '90s, like that that long drawn out. That's a '90s theme. I, I don't think that that doesn't equal talent to me. No, 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 it doesn't. But what I'm saying is, why does so many? I mean, people know Counting Crows. I'm not saying they don't. Why is Nirvana considered? This Mount Rushmore of of bands because it's edgy because the dude killed himself. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. That's what I'm it's saying. Edgy. That's yeah. That's I why people you don't see people with Counting Crow shirts walking around. I wish I had a Counting Crow shirt. I freaking love that band. But you, you don't see people saying Rob Thomas is a god walking around in Matchbox Twenty shirts. But Rob Thomas is a god. He is that guy. And Matchbox Twenty is great. Yeah. And if somebody bought me a shirt right now, I'd wear it. <laughs> but like no, like, and if this podcast steps on toes, so be it. I mean, I know, I'll die I, on this soapbox. I know what you're getting at. It's just like you walk in the hot topic, you see pictures with Biggie on it with like a crown, and you see Tupac you know, with his, you know, his, it sells. his classic bandana, you know, because they got shot. Do you see Mac Miller shirts in there? Not really. Do you see anything with Mac Miller shirts saying like legend? No. And he even died from an overdose, which would almost put him in that category, but no. Just, it just, it and people are gonna be like, "Dude, you can't compare Mac Miller and Tupac and Biggie." But I can. I, I just did. One hundred percent agree. You can. But I just did. Because they have people a, hate me. I don't give a shit. They Mac Miller maybe has a bigger body of work than those guys. I don't know about Tupac. Definitely does it than Biggie. Yep. Um, dude, we're getting so opinionated on this podcast, and I love it. I'm, I'm about it because I'm. I don't. I want to appeal to people to listen to this podcast, but I. I also want my opinions known. I'm not trying to just sugarcoat stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's your podcast. Exactly. And if the seven people that listen to it, one. <laughs> Can we take a quick recess? Oh, God. We're, dude, we're doing good now. Hold on. Give me a second. Back. We back and we back and we back. Okay. I just thought about this. Um, I forgot it. <laughs> okay. No, no. Music, like I said a minute ago. Subjective. 100%. Some people, if you tell them, I don't really listen to Eminem, they will lose their mind on you. And they tell you in about a 25-minute sermon about how good Eminem is. True. Okay. I can not listen to something and not like it and respect it. Yeah. Eminem, God-tier rapper. Easy. Yep. No question about it. Yep. I don't like his music. Never have. Never will. Nirvana. Crap music. Not because, not just because I don't like it. It sucks. It's just not good. <laughs> now, I, I, I have to disagree with you on the Eminem because I do like Eminem songs. Am I the biggest fan and have I listened to all his albums like all the time? No. But if you were to put on an Eminem song right now that I liked, I'm not going to tell you to like change it and I'm not going to tell you to turn it. Um, because Eminem has... He he made himself like he built his body of work. He put in the work. He was a little edgy. He was a little over the top. And that's kind of what got him big. But Eminem has proved time and time again why he's one of the best rappers ever because he has the skills. Dude is like what forty something can still wrap circles around your favorite rapper. I'm not even. I'm sorry to say that, and that that's so cliche and stupid to say, but. 
the dude can write lyrics better than anybody that you like can rap probably right now. Oh, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not saying just you. I'm just saying anybody. Yeah. I just don't like it. And that's fine. I understand it, that. Yeah. I mean, and I show my wife music I like all the time. And she's like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. But. I mean, you, you love a lot of artists and music that I just. Like, yeah. You love Billy Strings. I'm sure, he's a very talented guitar player and bluegrass player. I just don't like bluegrass. And that's that's fine. I can respect the guy's craft. I'm sure, he's great. Just not my thing. But when it's all comes Same full with, circle, uh, Marcus King. Yeah. Just tried. Can't really get into that, man. But you know, when this all comes full circle, Nirvana sucked. <laughs> Nirvana sucks. <laughs> like I love it. Dude, say what you want about Eminem. Say what you want. Sorry. Hit the lights. Great man. I love hit the lights. They are awesome. Yes. I love pop punk. Nirvana sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> say what you want about Eminem, dude. The fans, you, you can say they're trashy, whatever, they're trashy white kids. He has a next level fan base. But Eminem is really good at what he does. And there's a reason why that... Maybe you don't think he's the best rapper, but there's reasons why people like Kendrick, people like uh, Nas, Jay-Z, people like that recognize Eminem and know that he's one of the greatest. I saw this video one time, and uh, this guy was filming different rappers, just like interviews, and they're like, who's the the one guy you don't call out in a rap game? I mean, this is like legendary rappers. Every one of them. Said Eminem. Said Eminem. Yeah, you don't. It's like, that's stupidity. People, okay, people can say whatever they want about the whole MGK and Eminem thing, but he, Eminem did a way better job. And let me, let me tell you and Jordan Setzer something about freaking Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> the, the other day at work, one of my managers, she was playing her, her own music over the loudspeaker that we have in the warehouse, the Bluetooth speaker from her phone. And... A lot of it's pretty good. It's a lot of Eminem, though, but it's pretty good. And then a Misery Business cover. Oh, by, it's that's garbage. My Machine Gun Gallant came on, and I wanted to stab myself in the ears no, because no, no, it was no, so no, bad. No, and no, it, it ruined that song for me. It ruined that yeah. song for me. No, 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 no. That Bloody Valentine song he came out with, I will say it again. It's pretty good. The Misery Business, uh, I said Misery Business signals. Uh, misery <laughs> Business cover he put out that you're talking about, is the worst song I've ever heard in my entire life. That was the worst, worse than Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, Nirvana. You could have told me that they made that song, and I'd believe you because it's that bad. <laughs> but that that song, hearing that over a loud Bluetooth speaker in a warehouse, almost ruined that song for me. Shout out to Paramore, Haley Williams. That is a beautiful song. I love that song. I don't care who covers it, except for Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, he ruined that song for me. No. That, that was the worst attempt at a cover I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, no, I like the Bloody Valentine. I like the song you put out. The uh, okay. Misery Business Signal. The <laughs> Misery <laughs> business, business Cover is the worst song I've ever heard in my yeah, entire life. Easily. I, I'll even say that the Bloody Valentine was not bad. And then when you compare it to that, it was Grammy not nominated. Astonishing. <laughs> not only did he do that cover terrible, he didn't hit. The high notes, so he shouldn't even have been singing that song. To me, he had you know no piss, business. You know, pissing me that. off about that more than MGK singing that song, that Travis Barker let him put it out. Exactly, Travis Barker played on that song, and 
you let him put that out? That, you couldn't hear that sucked? Dude, that's what made me so mad. Okay, so I'm, I'm listening to it. I pull my phone out. I'm like, this sounds an awful lot like MGK. And if I find out it is, I'm going <laughs> to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. So I pull my phone out. I pull up Shazam. If you folks don't know, Shazam is a popular app that will tell you what song is playing if, it, if your phone can hear it through the microphone. Your phone I will sh- do the same thing through Siri. Yeah, and through Snapchat. I know that much. Um, oh, yeah, Snapchat do it too. But I Shazam it, and it says Machine Gun Kelly featuring Travis Barker. And like that went through my mind as well. I'm like, how does Travis Barker drum on this and hear it and be like, yo, this is dope? Because it's not. It's terrible. Oh, God, that makes me so mad. Because <laughs> I, I as a pop punk, hardcore, whatever fan, I love Misery Business by Paramore. I actually love Paramore as a band, even though I'm not totally sold on girl singers all the time, but I do. I love Haley Williams. She's beautiful, and she's a great singer. You know, okay. And do you remember Sea of Treachery, the metal band covered Misery Business? They yes. actually... They did it justice. Yes. They did it right because they did it for what they are. Machine Gun Kelly's was terrible. If he would have rapped it, it probably would have been better. His attempt at singing that song was utter garbage. And I am... Okay, see, in this Bloody Valentine song, he stayed within his vocal range, but the main line of that chorus in Misery Business, that's not a note that guy can hit. Yeah, exactly. Like, that is a... Not an easy note for anyone to hit. It's Haley freaking Williams yeah. we're talking about, bud. But, like, he should have known that's not a song you sh- he should even attempt to cover. Like, I sit down here, I play guitar, and I'll, I'll learn songs, and I'll sing them. I'm not a good singer, but I'll sing them. And there are some songs that I'm like, I could sing that in front of people and it wouldn't be bad. And then there's others I'm like, there's I'm not even going to attempt that. But he even should have took it and done it in the key that he can sing. That was the thing that made me mad. You can tell the song is played in almost the original key. Yeah. But his vocal range does not match that. Even if it was in the right key, I don't think he still hit that note. He wouldn't. But I've heard I've heard a lot of people do covers. They'll take a song down an octave yeah. or something like that to match their vocal range. That's what you do when you're a good artist. But what he his attempt at that cover was terrible. And I am what's that quote from Billy Madison? We are more dumb for sitting here having a listen to whatever. I award you zero points. I am dumber for... <laughs> yeah, like, that's literally how I felt when I heard that. Yeah. I was like, great attempt, man, but I feel a lot more stupid now having to listen to that because that was garbage, and I think I just lost a couple years on my ears because <laughs> I'll probably lose my hearing soon because I had to hear that garbage. It was so bad, dude. Oh, my God. I can't... I already. Ha- I'm already somebody that hates MGK, guys. You probably heard that from another episode, and that just literally icing the cake for me. He's terrible. Okay, okay. I got one for you. Next question. Hit me. Hot take. Hot takes. Your favorite cover of all time. Favorite cover of all time? Easy. John Mayer, Free Fallen. Okay. Insanely good cover. John Mayer, one of my favorite artists. There's a lot of covers that I like. Um, Because the the thing is, you find out a lot of, of songs you love are actually covers, and that's... Sometimes can be disheartening. That's true. No, I'm, I, I like I like but that I thought mean, that you have. That is a blatant cover. That's what I'm talking here. It's like blatant, like cover. Like we used to some punk goes pop and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm still throwing out the cover of my favorite rap song of all time by the Devil Wears Prada. Still fly. Still fly by the Big Timers. 
To me, that is my favorite cover of all time. And don't get me. And that what's crazy is normally if I like a song and they cut co- and somebody covers it, I hate it. They did that song right. Yeah, they did. I <laughs> I have that song saved on my Spotify because it's like a almost like a guilty pleasure because yeah. it's so so bad, bad but it's good. so good. <laughs> yeah. But um, they they did that song right, in my opinion. That's that's wild. I give you John, <laughs> John give, Mayer. I give the... you John Mayer covering Tom Petty. <laughs> give me the Devil Wears Prada covering Big Timers, dude. Like what a swing! Wow, what a swing, dude. But the Big Timers, dude. <laughs> Birdman and Manny Fresh, like oh, dude, they were so good. The Big Timers, it's my favorite rap group of all time. Dude, Still were... flies, my favorite rap song of all time. They were so good, man. I, and... lo- I love Big Timers. But, like, the fact that when that came out, Devil Wears Prada was one of my favorite bands. So I was like, oh, my God, they actually covered a song that's not obscure that, like, you know. And it was good. Yeah. You know? that's. But there's other covers. Like, you think Chris uh, Chris Stapleton, Tennessee Whiskey, is technically a cover, even though he made it his own song. That's who, a cover. Who originally sang that? George Jones. Okay, okay, okay. His I, version I was... sucks. I love George Jones, but I don't like that. After he, I may have heard it before, Chris Stapleton, I'd think it differently. But Chris Stapleton's version is so bluesy, it's so good. George Jones' version is not the same. Um, I feel like a lot of sometimes a lot of original stuff is just not good. Okay, I, hot take: Love Don't Live Here Anymore by City and Color. That's a Madonna song. I, I, I know that much. Hot take: Keeping it with City and Color. It's weird that you said that. So, if you're a 90s rock fan and you're kind of that grunge fan, you probably like Alice in Chains. I'm not a huge Alice in Chains fan. People would probably hate me for that, too. But Dallas Green covered Nutshell. Yes. And it... Uh, I, I like it better than the original. Sorry. I don't want to say that, but I like it better than the original. I know it's not Alice in Chains, but speaking of 90s, um, Johnny Cash covering Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. And then 100th covered it. 100th covered it. That's <laughs> garbage. Johnny Cash's song is way, way better, better than yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Johnny Cash's cover was so good. Yes. It more so much raw emotion, given the story behind that song is insane. But like you were saying, Dallas Green covered the Alice in Chains song. I okay. I like cover songs. Well, first off, that are done well. But I don't like when someone sings it with the same tune. Yeah. Like that at that point you're singing someone else's song. Exactly. If you're going to cover it, make it your own song. Which is what MGK failed at doing very badly. 100%. Exactly. If he would have made it his own song, it probably wouldn't have been that bad. You know? But he and Sid played the same riff, the same everything. What sounded to be close to the same key. But, like, Bon Iver covered Love Don't Live Here Anymore. Really? It's it's, heavy, it's angelic to hear that guy. You know, it's pronounced Bony Vare. Bony Vare, whatever. I'm from the South. It's Bon Iver. Uh, listen, to that dude for years, and everyone always corrects me and like, oh, you're a douchebag. Sorry, so you're now a douche. Yeah. Um, nah, but like, I've been a big fan of that dude for years, and to hear him cover "Love Don't Live Here Anymore" is I'm not sorry. I can't make you love me. Oh, okay. That's what I say. I've heard that. Yeah, I said yeah. that wrong. Then. Um, yeah. Dallas Green's one. Dallas Love Green covered Love Don't Live Here Anymore. Love Don't Live Here Anymore, which is a Madonna song, which is actually a cover of a cover because she covered it as a, some band from like the 70s. But maybe it's because I love Dallas Green and he's one of my favorite artists of all time. His version's way better. 
Just, but just like his version of Nutshell is better. And I, I, people will hate me for that. The Allison Chains version is great. I'm yeah. not. I'm not gonna say it's not a good song. It's good. Dallas Green put more emotion into it, and I know people are gonna be like, "You can never say a cover is better than the original," but I just did. <laughs> I also, do all the time. Also, I said Nirvana sucks. So, um, but okay, Johnny Cash, the song "Hurt." Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails wrote that song. Yeah, the song is about his battle and his over him overcoming addiction. So it was a very personal song to him. And I read an interview. He said when he found out Johnny Cash was covering that song, he was beyond livid. Said he was so angry he couldn't even think. Uh, because that song was so so touching to him that he he didn't want anyone else to sing it. He said the minute he heard Johnny Cash's version, all that anger went away. He said the of raw just pure emotion that Johnny Cash put into that song made it okay because he could tell it, it meant something to him too it wasn't just a song to, to Johnny Cash yeah you know so and I think that's cool like we were talking earlier with sampling if you're going to cover an artist dude you can't let that artist down in my opinion you want to do it justice to the point where they're like alright I can handle that you know, you know what I'm saying. Especially if you're taking something like that, like a, a legend or like somebody that's very popular, is made like you don't want to like, it, I, like you know Dallas Green. If he did that, and it well, he obviously wouldn't put it out if it was bad. But he'd feel like crap, dude. If he like yeah. if he said, "I just let down Allison Chains," probably that's probably one of his biggest influences. You know, think about yeah. how old he is and music he listens to. It's probably one of his big influences because. You're not going to cover something that's not one of your influences anyways. Exactly. If I don't like a song, I'm not yeah. going to sing it. Like, I'm not going to cover a Nirvana song because they suck. I don't <laughs> like them. But, like, that's the thing. Like, you're not going to cover somebody that you don't respect the hell out of and that you don't like that kind of music. Because, A, you have no business doing it. And, two, if you know this artist and you like this artist, you already know a little bit, you know, on how their, how their music goes. That's why when I started playing music in high school with – Kyle and John and you and you know whoever else Seth we covered songs that we loved we covered Under Oath we covered Chietos we covered Red, Red, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus because yeah. that's all bands we were obsessed with at the time Taking Back Sunday we're I, I'm not going to say I wasn't going to say like hey guys we should cover a Drowning Pool song because I love yeah. that song you know like no I, that, that wasn't the style of music I was into at that time and I don't want to play yeah. that song and then we had our you know? like like <laughs> Like, since we're talking about this, like, our, one of our good friends, Ethan Carswell, that, um, you know, grew up with Kyle and John and was friends with him. When I first met him in high school, he was all about, you know, older music. Like, he loved Led Zeppelin. He loved uh, The Doors, stuff like that. Did we cover that stuff? No, because I didn't like that kind of stuff. Kyle and John loved Zeppelin and stuff like that. Like, that, they shared a common ground with Ethan about that. I didn't, though. So we basically, like, the people that were playing music, the group, we all found something that we liked together, and we covered it. Otherwise, I'm going to get burnt out on playing stuff that I don't want to play. And same with him. So that's why we found stuff that we liked. So I think cover songs are great, man. Like, it just... I think it's an, uh, an art form that gets frowned upon that doesn't necessarily need to be. What, cover songs? Yeah. Cause, dude, if you if you hear John Mayer's version of Free Fall, it's amazing. Everybody knows Tom Petty's. 
John Mayer did it such justice that. But he didn't try to take the song, though. It's almost a respect thing. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. And when Tom Petty passed away, what does John Mayer do? He writes, like, the longest freaking, like, tribute to him. And, like, thanked him, obviously, for letting him do that song. Because I was probably somebody who grew up listening to it. He probably loved that song. Probably one of his favorite songs. And the fact that he got to do it, and then, it, it you know, it, it struck his popularity up. It's just amazing. Yeah. And one day, there's going to be an artist that covers the John Mayer song, and it's just going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to hear that because, and I'm sure he can't wait to hear that. As as cool of a John a, a guy John Mayer seems to be, he would probably feel honored if someone covered one of his songs and did it, you know, different spin in a respectful way. Well. Yeah, exactly. And like he has so many hits, like it's isn't it's it hard to it, cover John Mayer? Yeah, though, bro. But, but isn't it crazy that no one has really even tried that much? Like. Well, I mean, you got to think. There's not a big act that has tried it. Your Body's a Wonderland, that song is so old now. Name an artist right now that maybe, I like John Mayer's singing voice. It's his own style. It's not the best, not the best voice on the planet. Yeah, it's not. Musically and good enough singer-wise, name an artist other than Brendan Urie right now. You can't. That can compete with John Mayer. Because Brandon Urie can't even play a musical instrument as good as John Mayer can. He has a better yeah. voice, so he wins in that category. But musically, John Mayer's one of the best guitar players on the planet. E- yeah, ever. Ever, Maybe. yeah, of all time. So, like, you have people like Chris Stapleton that are getting damn close, but Chris Stapleton is in a whole different genre. Well, Chris Stapleton is a different animal. I'm not even comparing them to because Chris Stapleton has written, like, 60 number one hits. Yeah. He just decided well, later. They, they even did music together, him and John Mayer. Yeah. Yeah, but well, like, they, they just he just started later in life to realize that he wanted to put out an album. If Chris Stapleton would have started when he was younger, I believe he'd be in a status that's unheard of. Yeah, personally, I understand. But yeah, John Mayer is this dude. He's Ber- he's a Berkeley graduate for Christ's sake. Yeah, he is a musical genius. He's the only person on the planet that can write a song that says, "Listen, drop what you're doing. We're banging, and you're gonna love it." That's mm-hmm. what your body is a wonderland. That's what that song's about. Yeah. He's the only person that can write that song and get away with it. He boosted Taylor Swift's stardom. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that. He did. John Mayer is, I know I've said this 20 times, God tier status. In my artist of all time in any genre ever, John Mayer is God tier for me. Who else in their life has played guitar on stage live with B.B. King? Who's had Alicia Keys on a song, Taylor Swift on a song, who has covered Tom Petty, and who has done an Instagram live video with Little Nas X. Who else does that but John Mayer? I love it. I just went full circle with John Mayer, dude. And that's the thing with his... From B.B. King to Little Nas well, see, X, That's dude. the thing with his music, though. It can transcend, transcend genres. Who else was on... Chappelle show. I rest my case. <laughs> Name one. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. If if dude, if Dave Chappelle decides that he wants to be friends with you, you know you made. You it. are the coolest person on the planet. You have made it, and he's a white dude. Like I'm just gonna throw that out there. He was also on Fantasy Factory. Don't know if you remember yeah. that Robin Big. It's when he started getting tatted. Yeah. John yep. Mayer's just a freaking icon, dude. Of course, that was like the time where he was like getting drunk, arrested for getting drunk in public, doing all kinds of party boy stuff. And then. sleeping with the most beautiful women on yeah. this planet. John Mayer's a freaking icon, dude. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. 
I um, saw him live one time, but not at one of his shows. It was at a guitar festival, Eric Clapton's guitar festival. Uh, and he is pretty dope, dude. Dude, I saw him live three years ago. Probably one of the best concerts ever. Well, the, the, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This was not at Eric Clapton's guitar festival. That I have a DVD of that. This was when I lived in San Diego. There was a music fest, like an Earth Day music festival there, and there was a lot of famous guitar players and stuff there. And he was there. He didn't play a full set. He came out, and Eric Clapton was there. And that's who I was listening to. He pl- just came out on stage and was playing guitar with Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, okay, that's two of my top five favorite guitar players of all time on the stage. I was to the point, dude, I was like almost fainting. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. There's, nothing would top this. Nothing could ever top this. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. You know? I mean, you can tell he's influenced by Clapton, obviously. Oh, yeah. The way they just played off, they were just sitting up there just looking at each other just like, yeah. Like, um, he Clapton played the song "Have You Ever Loved a Woman." I don't know if you know that song. No, um, I probably heard it, but it's sick. But with Mayor playing beside him and then singing one of the verses, I was like, "God, dude, this is yeah. unreal." There's a video on YouTube of, I think it's Mayor BB King, Eric Clapton. Uh, I know the exact video uh, you're talking about. Trucks. What's his name? Yeah, I don't know his name. I know who you're yeah. talking about. Uh, and somebody else all playing guitar. And it's just sitting down on stage playing. And then B.B. King's like, he's kind of not coaching him, but he's like hyping him up as he's playing. And he's like, don't be doing that now. It's just, yeah, it's and insane, then it's dude. like, mm-hmm. B.B. King's up there sitting there. He's playing Lucille, his guitar. Yep. Once you gearhead, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it is a... Um, Gibson ES-335, but custom for B.B. King. His name Lucille. They actually came out with a custom shop version of that, and I would kill to have one of those. You keep talking, and I'm going to take one more quick break and just keep talking real quick. Okay. I'll just take a minute. What are you doing? Yeah, you pee? Yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of this, this style of music, I mean, you can, there's so much... John Mayer goes from in my in my personal opinion I think John Mayer is the best pop songwriter of my generation. He is extremely talented, but his music can transcend different genres. He uh goes from writing pop to he'll get on stage with blues and rock legends and play with them. There's videos of him showing up at these random blues shows with these artists and just walking on stage with his guitar. And he understands music. Like I said, he's a freaking Berkeley graduate, so it's not hard for him to pick up and play with anybody. But he is on a level that your normal music fan wouldn't understand. John Mayer is a... He's more than what meets the eye. Is what is really all I can say about that. But he is um, simply amazing. But I do have one beef with him. He stopped playing Fender guitars, and now he plays. He has some crazy deal with Paul Reed Smith, 
So his core series guitar is like $5,000. But he still plays his black Fender. Still plays it. But it's just like, you're better playing Fenders, John. Stick with strats. What did I miss while I was gone? My slight intermission. Just talking about how John Mayer is way more than what meets the eye. As an artist. Absolutely. Sorry, that took me a while to get that out. I'm saying he's he's the one of the few artists that can get on stage with any type of musician and play with them. He is a... To the normal music listener, he's more than what meets the eye. He's just a very talented person. He's a likable person. Also, Um, he plays a Dumble amplifier. If you don't know what that is, I completely understand it. It's literally one guy that builds these amplifiers. They sell for... Over $100,000 for one amp. $100,000? Yes. Shut up. I'm not playing with you, dog. What's funny is that, okay, so all these amp and pedal companies, a lot of these they make, oh, this is a something style pedal or something style amp. What they do is they get in there and they, they get the circuits out of these amps and remake those circuits, and that's how they have, oh, this is a Fender style amp. That guy that builds those amps, Covers all of his circuit boards in black silicone, so you can't read his circuits. So you put, oh, this is a Dumble style L, uh, amplifier. Eh, no, it's really not. It's just something you've got to sound somewhat close to a Dumble. It's it's just extremely boutique amps, but they do sell for more than my house is worth. Word. Is that not ridiculous? That's stupid. <laughs> it's it is a stupid. I think it's about time we wrap this up. We're it is. about $100,000 amps. It's some crazy crap, man. Um, and I'm sitting here like struggling to spend $1,000 on a Fender Deluxe Reverb. Yeah. But John Mayer, of course he's John Mayer, spending daggum he's famous. $150,000 on a guitar amp. Exactly. But dude, do we, this podcast has been great. We've covered so much stuff today. We have covered a lot. I thought we were going to get stuck on movies. And then we got on hip-hop. For a while. And then we got on the famous... Hot takes. Of Nirvana sucking. Side stage hot takes. Nirvana sucks. Hey, you know what? That should be a new segment, hot takes. Side stage hot takes. We're going to do that from now on. I like that. That's good. Biggest one yet is Nirvana sucks. Yes. Sorry, studio audience. I will say it as many times as I can. Studio audience? You're we're the studio audience. We're technically in a studio, and we have an audience listening to us, <laughs> whether it be three people, five people, or ten people. Oh, by the way, um, before we wrap this up, let me find it. I need to shout out a few podcasts. I was uh, lucky enough to be shouted out by a pretty big podcast. Um, nice dude. page on Twitter the other day. Gained a lot of followers from it. Hey, let when me, you, when are you gonna get um, hate five six on here? I need to message him. Okay, um, do it immediately. I do need to do that. Let um, me. Uh, also, on. next episode will probably, um, if I'm not here, Chris will probably have vacation on for another interview since we missed that. And um, I think he said this previous episode. But we're going to have um, one of my good buddies, Cole Cook, on hopefully soon. He he did an Instagram live there night, did some jamming. Sounded pretty awesome. I sent, I sent it to Chris. So what do you think? He sounded really good. I At one point, <laughs> I did notice. You know, he's trying to appeal to an audience, and he's not not a very big artist. I was the only person in the live. Yeah, I, I, I was in there too, but like it just said one viewer, so I know me and you were both in there. Yeah. But he's like, Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, what do you want to hear now? And I was like, Well, it's just me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 
But uh, no, this this page I follow on Twitter, it's called Scene Facts. But um, dude, Scene Facts. They shouted out a uh, Twitter creator thread, and they want to do something we can all be interested in. Uh, I want to shout out the Punk Rock NBA, um, the uh, State of the Scene podcast, the big one, Van Flip podcast. They're affiliated with uh, Lamb Goat, uh, and there's a lot of other podcasts that I was. Um, Shouted out along with, and like I said, I got a lot of love, got a lot of followers from that tweet, and I really want to uh, extend my gratitude to those people for helping us get the name out. But he wants to do something that we can all do together, maybe like a mass podcast or something, because there's a lot of different differing opinions on a lot of stuff, and I think all these content creators, and I like to consider myself one, um, can get in on this, and I would love to have a conversation with those people. And that's super dope, man. Hot take and tell them Nirvana sucks. <laughs> but uh, I bet a lot of them would feel differently. But hey, man, that's what yeah. we feel. But that's the thing; everything's subjective. So we could have that conversation. So, um, let me ask you: How many listeners are you pulling an episode? Not a lot. Um, the f- what was crazy? The first episode, dude, I had over a hundred and fifty listeners. Really? The very first episode. Now, ever since then, I'm averaging. Now, it's not always correct. Yeah. The Apple analytics, they'll tell you it's not correct. I'm averaging between somewhere between 15 and 30. That's still pretty good though. Oh, I'm, like. I'm happy with anybody that listens to it. Because um, I can tell you, I've, I'm at least listening to every one of them, but like maybe two. And I, I really appreciate that. I mean, and I appreciate you wa- showing interest and wanting to be on it. Because, I mean, if you guys can't tell, we have a good chemistry. We've been really, really good friends. Close to 20 years now at this point. Absolutely. And I appreciate people that want to be on the podcast and express interest in it. I also have another person, Bo, sent me. I need to hit him up. I uh, keep dropping the ball on that. And if I have hit you up, and we've talked about you being on here, and I dropped the ball on it, I'm sorry life has been absolutely ridiculous here lately. But I will get you on. I, I need to set out a day and just do like four podcasts over the phone for the people I need to get on. Um, instead of trying to do like one or two a weekend. Um, Absolutely. I feel the need to shout out uh, <laughs> Bo again. He he usually messages me about every episode because that's how I know he's listened to it because he'll message me yeah. about something. That I'm like, I forgot I even talked about that. but He'll message yeah. me throughout while he's listening to it, and then talk, we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about what was happening. It's funny. Yes, Bo, I did take 16 credit hours. Uh, it's, <laughs> it wasn't that. Don't give me all that credit. No pun intended. Uh <laughs> it wasn't that hard, but it'll get harder. That's what she said. <laughs> um, but for real, any content creators out there, I'm going to be tagging some people in this post, and I'm going to make a little quick video and tag all the people that was I was in um, in that tweet with. And I would really love, I wasn't just saying that, I would really love to have uh, people I would love to do something as a collaborative because, I mean, we're all in this for <laughs> – you're the weirdest person. We're all in this for one reason, and that's, one, to create content people want to see and to talk about the music that we that we love. So – We're in this together! Yep. Sounds like a hardcore chant. Um, or That's more pop punk. Oh, whatever. Yeah. But uh, – That might have been some North Bay lyrics, guys. I'm not even going to tease you. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we are in this together. We're all here – for one Let's purpose. Let's go, dude. We're having That's a good the new time. tagline for side stages. We're in this together. Okay. 
Nirvana sucks. We're all in this together. <laughs> <laughs> At least Anthony and I. All right, y'all. We're out of here. I appreciate you listening. Peace. Later. <laughs>